Welcome to Stage Crunchy and Milk. If you have questions or comments, we have multiple ways we can be reached. Twitter is, of course, the best way for those that need instant gratification. And the show's Twitter feed is at SkimPod, S-K-I-M-P-O-D. Stage Crunchy. For the more patient amongst you, the email address for the show is podcast at stagecrunchyandmilk.com. Crunchy again being spelled with a K. Crunchy. Hey, feel free to give us a call at 216-264-6311. That's 216 216- 264-6311. We're available by Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, anywhere. Fine podcasts are available. And of course, it's the website, stagecrunchymilk.com. Please rate, review, subscribe, and share wherever possible, including on YouTube, where we can now be found at Stays Crunchy. And over on Twitch, we're still Stays Crunchy in Milk. Our personal Twitters are Tatum216, Lunchbox2099, The Real ODP. And I'm your host, the internet's Tay Rail 713. Stays crunchy, stays crunchy, stays crunchy, stays crunchy, stays crunchy, stays crunchy. In a world where kids my age is popping mollies with leather, sitting on Tumblr, never outside or enjoying the weather, can name a sweater but not a town or a don't know whether or not they got one. Tried to change their life for the better. I was the drama club kid. I run, I run where the fun did. My nuts itch. I was defiant. Always said fuck shit. Hated the popular ones. Now I'm the popular one. Also hated homes too till I start copping me some. See, I don't bees in the trap, nigga. I bees in the bees. And I be gassing up my buzz like some bees at a shell. Fucking sick and getting bigger like I sneezed on a Dell. And bitches getting touchy feeling like they reading some braille. I bust quick like gun holders and short tempers and well. I try to tell the kids like fucking start being yourself. These fucking rappers got stylists because they can't think for themselves. See, they don't have identity, so they needed some help. But really, boy... Poses, poses looking silly boy. I'm in that hat. I'm in that past preem shit older than titty boy. Not a diss, but same with ice cream. My shit's Dee Dee Reese, not Kel Smith. Trans world, page 64. Popping like oil ollie in the fire flames. I'm harder than DJ Collett playing the fucking quiet game. The fuck am I saying? Tyler's not even a violent name. About as threatening to stain windbreakers and hurricanes, but he rapes women and he spits wrong like he hates Dennis. Goddamn menace. 666 and he's not finished. And my shit's missing. He hates women, but he loves kittens. See, y'all niggas tripping, man. Look at the article that says my subject matter is wrong. Saying I hate gays, even though Frank is on 10 of my songs. Look at that mom who thinks I'm evil, hold that grudge against me. Though I'm the reason that a motherfucking son got to eat. Look at the kid who had the nine who tried to blow out his mind. But talk his money. I said, hi, I guess I bought him some time. Look at the ones in the crowd. That shit is barnacles, huh? They thought I wasn't fair until I threw a carnival, huh? But... Then again, I'm an atheist that just worships Satan, and I'm and I'm probably why I'm not getting no fucking album placement. And MTV can suck my dick, and I ain't fucking playing, bro. They never played it. I just won that shit for fucking ratings. Analog fans are getting sick of the rape. All the Tron Cat fans is getting sick of the lakes. But what about me, bitch? I'm getting sick of complaints. But I don't hate it when I'm taking daily trips to the bank. Oh, but no shit. Who really gives a fuck what I think? My fans don't. They turn it on me. Shit, they almost extinct. Fuck buying studio time. I'm going to go purchase a shrink, record the session, and send all you motherfuckers the link. Hello, welcome to it. This is Stace Crunchy Milk. It's episode 453, and no, we can't get you to St. Joseph's Hospital. <laughs> That's good. I'm your host, Ian, it's Taylor 713, and I'm joined as always by my best friends. It's Tatum 216. Hello. Slushbox 2099. Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. <laughs> we sprinkle some pep in that bitch and let the fire pop up. And tonight we're joined by one of the stars of NBC's Grand Crew, podcaster from the Flagrant's network of podcasts, XOXO Gospel Kings, Carl Carl's cousin, 
insanely gifted improviser, DJ, musician, L.A. Clippers fan before shit was sweet, <laughs> uh, and a fellow hat enthusiast. Give it up for Pascagoula, Mississippi's own Carl Tart Jr. Carl, welcome to the show, man. What's up, man? Thank y'all for having me. Uh, thank you hey, for being on. Thank you for so coming I'm, on. I'm, I'm Carl Tart the second. Yes. My brother is Carl Tart Jr. Oh, my goodness. You, and you've explained this before. <laughs> and you've explained yeah. this. If, if, you listen, if you listen to Carl on his various shows, he's explained this. Yeah. His How you get accomplishments could have been longer than that rap that you just did. Oh, there you go. It was a lengthy Tyler verse, and I was just like, it was that one or it was going to be this Fiend verse. And this Fiend verse, I couldn't get the – I couldn't spit it like Fiend did. So I was just like, I'm going for the Tyler verse. At least I can just read it out loud. I'm just so glad to see you're putting that uh, cardio to good use now. <laughs> I, I, I do have a couple accomplishments um, since we are on a podcast that I think are pretty important uh, from All right. Very good. One, you're one of the only people that um, on um, uh, Why Won't You Date Me, that she, you had her so engulfed in the conversation that she didn't ask you why uh, would you date her at the end. Yeah, I think I'm the only person. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you're. I think um, everybody else, like, she called back and asked later, but you're like the only person for that. Um, I think you helped um, on the on the podcast. You helped get Whitney Houston into the uh, Cleveland Zone Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because, like, right <laughs> after that episode, um, or that's um, why aren't they in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? She got in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame like right after that. That's crazy. Who else did I say on that? That wasn't was Aretha Franklin's in it. Was yeah. it Shaka Khan? Maybe. Whitney was I, I definitely somebody who I was. Yeah, I don't re- I remember the whole episode, but I do remember that for certain. Like, um, I remember that. Um, what else? You do have the best um, origin tale on Doughboys. Like oh, a lot of people go on there and they're like, "Oh, okay, I I picked um I picked Dunkin' Donuts because I drink it every day." Like you had a whole good backstory on why you picked Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. Like I don't think nobody can touch that. Yeah, <laughs> that was um, fun. That was that was my first one. Yeah, yeah it, it, uh, Waffle it, House. Yeah. They just took John Early to raising Canes. Though. I was mad about that. <laughs> yeah, he didn't appreciate I was, it. I don't feel like he appreciated it. Either. He did. He did. <laughs> and, and he like he gave he um he kicked it out to Golden Play Club by not uh, by giving it a three and a half. Really? I mean, but he had, yeah he had a three and a half experience, man. What are you supposed to do? He did no. Then he gonna say at the end after he did it. Um, I, I had COVID, so I probably couldn't taste. Come on, man. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like um, the 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 tenders at Raising Canes know they're not seasoned to death, but they are brined. You can tell they're brined. Yeah. So for them to say it's not seasoned, I I, I really but, couldn't be. I, but the sauce is where the seasoning is. Well, the sauce is sauce. That was the yeah. point. That was the point they were making. They 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 said that the uh the uh the, the it's more of a conveyance for the sauce than anything else. And I'm like, I kind of gotta agree with you, man. Yeah, but if if they allow the people to dictate their sauce, then they can dictate their own spice level, their own seasoning level. If you just drown it pre, then you're just you're telling people what they want rather than giving them the choice. Hey, man, I I like I that they 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 serve tenders, bread, coleslaw, and the and an allotment of beverages. And you gotta make it a sandwich. You gotta make yeah. that sandwich. That's that's where they go. I also I fried some fish the other day and I had some sauce left over from my trip to Raising Canes the other day and I dipped that fish in it and it was fire. The sauce is boss. The chicken is kicking. <laughs> that's what's up, man. Is, that's what's a up. wish. I so I 
me and Aunt Matt Carl at a oddly enough at a Doughboy show uh, uh, right before the pandemic. It was like yep. I mean, yeah, it was January, and like yeah, so whatever, whatever, and then the pandemic kicked off. So I mean, I can say I know Carl, and I mean, I, but I don't really know Carl. I'm, I'm more of a what is that parasocial friends with Carl? You know what I'm saying? Because I know all about Carl because Carl be on shows and talk about himself. Carl don't really know me like that. So it's not like Carl knows of me like that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk like I know Carl real tight, but I'm not super tight with that. So don't don't take it that that way. But uh that's the dude. I, I talk about him regularly on this show. I I I uh try to make any and all people watch his shows, uh watch his show that first season show. I'm like, y'all gotta be out here watching my man's show because I need him to get a second season, so forth and so on. I appreciate it. And then that. I saw I saw that during this whole uh Basically, the for you consideration for your consideration uh, events that was happening over the last few weeks that they was talking about. Hey, man, we should. They, they basically they, they basically like trying to push to get you uh, an Emmy nomination. Oh, and yeah. I hope that shit go down, bro. <laughs> that would be nuts. <laughs> I think it would be. I think it, I, I, I think it'd be nuts. But also, I like the character Sherm. I like I like I like uh, how you play him and what you bring to the table on that man. I just and I I don't know. I just fuck with it. So that's 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 what's up, bro. Um. I, it's not on my list, but a good question is: How did you get into acting, man? What what made you think? I I mean, I know like you are were an improviser, but I, I assume those things kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. So my mom is an actor. That's why we out here. Okay. And so I kind of grew up in it. I did it a little bit as a kid. Uh, I'm sure y'all probably heard. I you can catch me on a couple of things. You can, Malcolm in the Middle, season one, uh, the first episode of Six Feet Under. I was in that as a little kid. I but I didn't like it. I didn't want to like that. Those was footsteps I didn't want to follow in from my mom. You know, I wanted to kind of create my own path, make my own lane. And also the kids on set back then were already like in their actor brains and they were just like yeah. annoying and not fun to hang out with. Like I was, I was talking about Power Rangers and stuff like that. And they were like, <laughs> yeah, I got to call my agent. And I'm like, I don't know what, what are we talking about here? Like, so like it was, I kind of just didn't want to do it. It was taking me away from school and school was fun still at that yeah. we know how school is fun in elementary school school don't get shitty until middle school yeah. but i uh when i stopped playing ball in college i was like i didn't know what i was gonna do with my life so yeah. i started doing background just to that was an easy job to get just to like have money in my pocket every day because i knew i wasn't going back to school but you know moms was like you ain't just gonna be sitting around all day so i was just like oh you know what i could do i could just go back to doing background stuff and when I was a kid, it was fun. Yeah. As an adult, it <clears throat> sucks ass to be a, a background actor. It really sucks. And so, and you seeing people who you're like, you know, watching them perform, you're like, man, I could do that. Like, real, like, like I, I could really do that. I've, I know I could. I kind of, it's in my blood. My mom's theatrically trained, uh, Jackson State University alum, like theater program. She's, she's all about that stuff. And I was like, I could, I could do that. I, I want to start preparing for that. And then once I knew basketball was over and football was over and baseball was over, because I was trying them all at that point, I was like, maybe I could go back in and, and, and do this. I know I haven't played in a couple of years. Maybe I can go back and do this. Oh, and I was like, man, this is all, this is all beyond me at this point. I just didn't have the drive for it. And I was like, well, what's, what's been the other most consistent thing in my life my whole time besides, besides doing sports stuff? And it was, it was making people laugh. But at a certain point, you know, comedy is one of those professions that everybody thinks they can do and nobody thinks they can do. So 
I was embarrassed to say, even though I had I was voted class clown in middle school, I was voted class clown in high school. I was always known as that goofball, that funny guy, that person who, you know, even from elementary when when I was a really little kid, like making adults laugh and having do little little stuff because I was a pretty shy dude also. But I started uh, researching how people got on Saturday Night Live, and I was doing I was doing everything in silence. I wasn't telling my friends. I wasn't doing nothing. I was like, how do people make it to that show? What do they do? I thought it was just all stand-ups. I literally did not know what improv was. And then I started seeing the Second City uh, Groundlings, the Second City Groundlings, the Second City Groundlings. This is before I even knew what UCB was. And I was like, what are these places? And it was improv. And so I was just about to turn 21 when I signed up for my first improv class. And it felt like what I was lacking from sports which was like that, like consistent, like, uh, what is it? Like support, you know, like <laughs> I'm, I'm, I react better on positive reinforcement than I do negative. And sports is very much, usually your coaches are beating you down to try to get the best out of you, but that don't help me. Yeah. Like, I don't need you to coddle me, but I don't work well with just constant berating. Like you always telling me that I ain't shit and how terrible I am. <laughs> but when I got to improv, it was like, all these white people just being like, man, you're so good at this. Like from day one. And I had never, they were like, so have you taken classes before? Have you been doing this for a while? And I'm like, nah, man, this is the first time I've ever done this ever. And they were just we like, We tend oh, to have an eye for talent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Like it, it, they were immediately, everybody was so supportive. And of course I wasn't like that good back then, but for a person who was in level one, they were just like, you have really taken to this. And I felt like I had took to it. And, I got that positive reinforcement and that made me want to be better and better and better. And so I started doing all the research on it, started reading all the books, started researching how everybody became as good as they are, watching all the old reviews, all the Second City reviews, seeing like Tina Fey and, and Adam McKay and them back in like the mid 90s, seeing 70s ones with terrible footage. It was security camera footage back then, but like <laughs> Bill Murray and, you know, all those folks back back in the day, like learning about the whole history of Second City and Groundlings and stuff and going to see and all the shows I could see. Because I was also, you know, 20 years old, living at home, not going to school. Mom's on your head for everything. You breathe wrong. She mad that you're there. And yeah. so, like, mm-hmm. I was like, let me just stay out of the house for as long as I can. And that's how I occupy my time. And then acting kind of just comes, goes hand in hand with that. And the way that Second City's curriculum is, they teach you more kind of act, kind of theater than they do like UCB is like strictly improv It's all improv based. It's just teaching you improv as a science. Second city is teaching you how to perform like, okay. cause they put those reviews on. They put like, do y'all ever go over to Chicago? Y'all in Cleveland, right? Yeah. 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 Do y'all ever go over to Chicago and see shows at second city? No. I mean, we was actually just in Chicago in uh, December. Something yeah. Like yeah. That. Yeah, yeah, we we were just there, but I but I hadn't we hadn't even considered going to see a a, a, second, a, a second city show. So maybe maybe <laughs> yeah, y'all should check it out. It's it's really cool to see, really like, and you'll probably see somebody who, you know, will be the next person. Like I remember the first okay. review I saw in Chicago, Tim Baltz was in it, Mary Sohn was in it, uh, who Edgar Blackman was in it, Katie Rich, who's a writer at SNL. Like it was like, and this is before they all you know did their thing, doing the nice. things they're doing now. Like you know, Tim Baltz is a genius. Like. And I, I saw him before he even moved to L.A., just in Chicago doing shows. So it, I kind of just like, in, in, like fell into it so hard, so quick. 
and stuff started to happen for me pretty quickly. So like uh, two years in, I get cast in the CBS Diversity Showcase, which is like this big thing that CBS Network puts on because they're always getting criticized. They don't have enough diversity on the network. So they put on a diversity uh, show every year where they audition like they say 5,000 people, but it's probably a few hundred to a thousand, like somewhere in there where they audition these comedians and get recommendations and hear about people and stuff. And they narrow that down to like a cast of like 20 people. And I was in that. And that cast was pretty strong. That's I'm I'm 23 at the time. So this is 10 years ago now. That was uh, Nicole Byer was in that cast. It's where I first met her. John Milheiser, who was on SNL for a year, who was also good friends with Nicole. Allison Rich, who wrote at SNL for a year. Uh, Lelon Bowden. Who else? Jeff Hiller. Who's y'all see him? Y'all see him pop up on all types of shows on Thirty Rock all the time. He would always play like whenever there was like a hotel clerk or something. It was always the same <laughs> guy, but a different character. That was Jeff Hiller, like okay. just tall, bald head dude. And uh, that cast was just like a bunch of dope people, and we all became super good friends doing this show. And that just puts you in front of everybody you need to be in front of in like Hollywood. And you start auditioning, and you start getting on that audition circuit, and they start knowing who you are. So they start bringing you in more. And that's kind of how the acting thing really drove at that point. Okay. I was still, I still had a job and stuff, but that was how like, you know, going out, but you know, it's, it's the town of no. So even after I did good in that show, I'm auditioning and I'm not getting nothing. And I'm watching everybody else in that show <clears> who was in the show with me, rise and rise and rise. People getting SNL, Nicole becoming who she's become like, and, and yet I'm not getting nothing. I'm still, working at the bar and like, you know, like nothing, nothing is happening. I'm still just improvising at night and stuff. And so I go to Europe for a year to do a a comedy job over there. And, but right before I go over there, we formed my improv group, which at the time was called white women. Now it's called the big team. And that was just like a, basically like a kind of like a Voltron of all the black dudes that was in the improv community. Yeah. We kind of, we had done a black history month show. And was like, hey, man, that was really fun. Colton Dunn put us all together and yeah. was like, you guys should do a sketch here. Meet up with these people and do a sketch. That's kind of how he just threw us together. And we all like did that show. And then uh, we just was like, we should start a group. This is fun. And it was great. And, it was, and then I went to Europe for a year, came back. So in, in that whole year, they were kind of raising rising the ranks at UCB. And I just kind of jumped on with them. And made the house teams at UCB and stuff and just kind of, that's how the popularity kind of grew. And that's when the yeses, the no's started turning into yeses a little bit. Not a ton, but, you know, a little two lines here, a little yeah. small part here, three lines here, do a walk on here. And then after that, I got the Mad TV opportunity. And that was my first writing gig. Okay. So that's kind of where the writing took off. Different so- I actually, actually wrote that down on my list of questions. <clears throat> I ain't trying to ask you how much you make or anything like that there, but what what is the what, the one that pays you, I guess, more consistently? Is it acting or writing? Which one, like, checks will always keep coming in for this, but not always for this? Or is that, okay. or, or do, like, the guilds or whatever take care of you? Yeah. Great question. So, acting, acting is few and hard. This is hard to come by. Like, so, the position that I'm in at this point, a main a series regular on a network television show yeah. is the best thing in life. 
It's 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 the highest point. It's what everybody out here who's on these auditions is striving to get. So I'm very blessed and thankful and grateful for that. But before I got here, I was in these writers' rooms because I got addicted to the consistency of a writers' room check. Because those are 27 week contracts usually, 30 week contracts, and you getting paid your rate weekly or episodically. Once you move up in the ranks, you get more money, but you only get paid episodically. So if if you writing on a series that has 13 episodes, you only getting 13 checks, but they're more than the 27 checks that you would get as a staff writer. Okay. Still, when I got hired on Mad TV, that was a 20-week job, and that money was life-changing. That was, the, that was the first time that I was getting a consistent check that was that much. And I'll tell you how much that was. It was a WGA base-level staff writer variety uh, pay, which is about $3,100 a week. Nice. And so... That's not bad. And for yeah. somebody who was still living at home with their mom, yeah. like, like not bad at all. And so, and, and it just goes up as your level goes up. So like you, you start as staff writer, you go to story editor, then there's executive story editor and then co-producer. So when, if y'all looking at credits from now on, you'll see two, two different producer titles. You'll see produced by, or, and you'll see producer. Those are two yeah. different things. Producer is a writer. Produced by is a producer. I still don't know what a producer does, but there are people who come to LA and is like, I want to be a producer. They say that they, they are the money people. I don't know yeah. what that job entails, but people come here and they go, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a creative. I'm a producer. And it's like, what are you doing? That's creative. <laughs> like, but I, I don't know. They, somebody can break it down for me. I, but well, second, <laughs> second, I can't quite see a second question on there was, what does producer mean in TV and why does it seem to mean something completely different in film? Yeah. So yes, exactly. So the level of producer that I'm at, when you see my name pop up as producer on Keenan, that's yeah. just a different writer level. That's just a okay. different WGA classification. So now I've stepped into the stepped into getting paid episodically as opposed to getting paid uh, weekly. Okay. Uh, that's what that, that's what that means. I'm not a producer of a show. It's yeah. just a writer clarification. It's just, I'm just a writer on the show. When you see supervising producer, consulting producer, co-executive producer, all writers. Just like you, and you'll, and some people overlook this, but when you see story editor, executive story editor, that was what my name popped up as on Brooklyn Nine Nine. It was a exe- uh, story editor on there. Okay. And that that's just a that's another just another writer title that that the WGA puts out. That's so interesting. And like I said, and apparently, and like I said, from from whatever film in film, it, it's completely different. So I find that that interesting. The producer means something can mean one yeah. thing, but I was talking to my kid about it. My kid was asking me about it today. He's like, "What you gonna ask?" And I was like, "Don't worry, I got some questions." <laughs> and I was like, "Producer on TV seems to mean people who are actually producing something. In this case, the written work." Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a. I think I, I I feel good about that answer now. So I feel I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, but in I, film, I, usually that producer is somebody who's bringing in money. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I thought so. That's just where the bread comes from. So it's like yeah. they are paying to get the the film made in some, yeah. way, some way, shape, or form. Okay. I'm sorry, Box. Uh, that's all good. I have a piggyback question when it comes to writing. Mm-hmm. So has there ever been a time where like you wrote something for a show and the way you envisioned it and wrote it came out completely different than the way it ultimately ended up on the show or the program? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Here's another secret for y'all. Whenever we say, watch this episode, 
This is the episode I wrote tonight. Notice that a lot of writers will put like an asterisk by that. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, my name is on the my name is on it, but here's how here's how the writing of an episode will work on a on a just an episodic television show. You'll start breaking the story. It'll be two weeks. Usually takes about two weeks. So the first week or three weeks, it's a three week process basically for each episode. The first week, you'll break the story. You'll get all the points, the A story, B story, C story, what ideas you want to do. The showrunner is the person who picks the stuff. So the writer's room is there to give the showrunner more ideas. The, the writer's room is there to help the showrunner. So the showrunner says, I want to tell this story. How can we accomplish that? The writer's room chimes in with pitches and how to do it. How we can move it from here to here to here. And we can say this, we can say that, we do that. Every, everybody's pitching on it. Then once that happens, once uh, the story is broken, you'll then go into outlining the story. So outline the story is when you actually break it down by act and you put in the act break. So this is what's going to happen in act one. We're going to establish it. Uh, we're going to establish the A story, stab, get a, a, a story move on the A story, establish the B story, get a story move on the B story, establish the C story if there's a C story. Second act, of course, is the, uh, you know, taking that story to the next level, the, the conflict or whatever. Third act is the resolution of those of those stories. And once you get those in order to how you want to do them, literally by scene, basically, you will write an outline for that. And then you'll come back. Y'all review the outline, see what works, see what doesn't. And then once the outline is signed off on by the showrunner, then the, the said writer of that episode will take that outline home that everybody in the room has contributed to. They'll take that, that outline home. And that's when they will write the dialogue. And so those are their words. But everybody has contributed to those words. And there are certain words that have to be have to be said. And so you the uh once you, you get a week to do that. So the best the 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 best time to get sent off on script is a Monday. Because you had the previous weekend and then you get all Monday through Friday off and then the two other uh days in the next weekend. And then you bring that script back on Monday. And that script on most shows will get beaten to death. Not that the things are bad in it. The showrunner will just go, okay, now I want to beat everything in this. I want to, I like this joke. We can beat it. I like this joke. We can beat it. I don't like this. I don't like the way this fits. I don't like the way this flows. We're going to have to change the ending of the act of the second act. We're going to have to pick a new act break of this. I don't like this. I don't like that. And it's not personal on the person who wrote the script. It's more just like, mind changing you know mm-hmm. and then once that is locked once that script is locked and that's usually when you have to stay late in certain rooms with the night before a table read because then you have to send that script off to the network the network will then give notes on it which always sucks the the more the higher the more years your show gets the less network input there is but when a show is early the network is beating it to shreds and these are not creative people who are giving you these notes <laughs> so that gets the most frustrating because these are people who are just trying to justify their jobs, and they think they're creative, but they're not. And so, so the core of this job is to be creative yet flexible. Yes, yeah, you got to be flexible. And then once that script is finalized, you got to work on it all night again, fix it, and then the next day is usually the table read. And then the table read goes, and you you gauge what people laugh at, what they don't laugh at, what they like, what they don't like, and then you once again. Uh, go back and fix the things that don't work, and then 
by that next Monday, it's time to shoot that episode. And that's wow. how that that's how that goes. Man, a lot. <laughs> that is a process. Good that's why it's a thirty. Man. That's a, a thirty week job usually for a ten episode season. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I saw this in, uh, amongst your your IMDb credits, and I was like, I gotta ask, man, did you write that Mary J. Blige commercial? Or was that just IMD, IMDb got jokes? No, that was me. For real? Yeah. The uh, that's wild. Wait, not the real, not the real Mary J. Blige one. I wrote a Second City parody one. Oh man, the way they had they, they had that released, I was like, did he write that chicken finger commercial? Because if he no, did that, that shit would have been insane. If I if I click off of this, I can. Uh, yeah, yeah, you good, you good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna try to find it. Uh, Burger King, because it went viral. It was like my first little viral thing. I was like 21 years old. Nice. You can see a lot of a lot of familiar faces in this. Um, let me see here. Yeah, it's still up. So I'll send y'all. And so this is what I wrote, and this is back in like 2011. I'm like, why am I getting an ad? I don't because it's not on my normal uh, YouTube. I'm like, oh, I don't wow. get commercials on YouTube. What chaos is this? <laughs> Man, YouTube forced my hand with that, but luckily they gave me free YouTube <laughs> Premium for like three months the other day, so I'm experiencing the world of ad-free viewing. Oh shit, this thing oh, is cool. It's the best. It's they they've been getting ridiculous with the amount of ads that they force into every video now. It's like two ads every like minute and a half. <laughs> YouTube Premium is the bomb. Holy shit. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that was very good. <laughs> Holy shit. That's insane. Yeah, that is brilliant. I will put that in, 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 in your show notes, uh, people, so you can uh, watch that video. That's insane. All right. Cool. Good. Good. Now, see, we made sense of that. I was like, what the hell? Like, there's no way. It's like, I was like, yeah, old enough there, for that. There's, there's three of them. Like, okay. so you got to watch it. Watch them all. There's, there's three different. Oh, it's March of 2012. Okay, yeah. This this is one of the. Uh, if you look in the basketball one, that's I. It's me missing a dunk in the back. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> I forgot about this. But yeah, it was all the elements of like making these commercials just super black and unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Who is playing Mary J. Blige in this? That's uh that is uh Naima Funk who was on okay. Wild Out back in the day. Oh, oh I remember funny. her. Oh she, uh, there you go there you go in the duck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we got the got the steppers in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, all right, let's see this third slave run. All righty. <laughs> oh shit. And speaking of Wild and Out, I saw yesterday that Nick Cannon impregnated two more women. <laughs> That's oh, good for God. him. Yeah. He'll finally get him some kids, new kids. Maybe. I, I, he's going to need uh, that Elon 30, 43 bill we were talking about earlier to take care of them all. Holy smokes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just. It's <laughs> <this is> brilliant. <laughs> my man in the Laker jersey sitting next to the slaves is real. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is <laughs> so good. Uh Oh, this 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 more for me. So you've been I know you've been DJing until I got there, but in general, y'all dropped that EP, you dropped the Americana EP last year. Mm-hmm. I fuck with it. I'm, I'm oh, saying thanks, but, but that's my shit. And so I'm just like, yeah, is you gonna is you, you think you'll make more music? Yeah, we'll get we'll get back in there. I'm I, I get I get real uh, self conscious about you know stuff that I don't do regularly, you know. Yeah. 
So, but I definitely will get back on there. I got a couple songs where I'm singing on the hooks with with the fellas and stuff. And they're they're also really talented rappers like Lamar and the homie Curtis Dro. Y'all got to check out Dro's music. Uh, Phil, of course, Phil ja- Phil Augusta Jackson. Yeah, there. So I, I'll hop on songs with them every now and then. They've been trying to get me to do my own like little like you know pseudo R and B like lifestyle Larry June type uh, <laughs> EP. But yeah. I, I keep I keep dropping the ball. I, I but I definitely get back in the studio. I definitely be back in there. But uh, DJing is like real taking up a lot of time now. I dig that. I like the I like that they like that they were saying that I don't know, I just feel it'd be dope to like, oh hey, that's a world famous actor and he also can, you know, cut up on the ones and twos and shit. Oh yeah, I'm trying, Did you ever I'm trying do- to get that, that that residency, that Vegas residency. You know, that's for real. <laughs> now, was you ever a, a, a crate digger, like a records kind of dude, or was you, or was you always more on the? Uh, uh, what is it, Serato? Is that what it's called? Yeah, so yeah, I use Serato, but we learn on vinyl. We learn okay. on vinyl, so I got the Technique twelve uh, hundreds right here, Very and good. that's that's that plays vinyl, and you know you can set the controller up to it. Yeah, the, um, Pioneer S nine mixer. And uh, but I, I I ain't got no space for records, like, not <laughs> not currently. Like this room already looks crazy. Putting records in here would be insane. See, like right there, you can see this is the overflow. My yeah. shelf of records is finally full, and yeah. so at this point, it's just starting to grow on that side of the room. Well, was, uh, yeah, and it's only gonna be so long before my lady start talking to me bad about it. So it's uh, <laughs> I got to get another set of shelves sooner than later. So uh-huh. yeah, I, I'm a I'm a I'm a, a pretty decent vinyl head. And uh, and, and you DJ and, too? No, no, my, but but uh, I just I it was the ideal of DJing that got me into collecting records. Though I was like, one day I'll, I'll probably do that at some point. It's like just yeah. never came around to it. My buddy uh, uh, Chalfy, uh, he went to what's the school he went to? It's a school out there. He lived out there in Long Beach, so he he went okay. to a, he went to school out there to learn how to DJ earlier in the, the beat year. Junkies? It has to be, yeah, yeah. And okay, because there's there's Scratch Academy. There's okay. another one, and then there's one I went to. I went to Beat Junkies Institute of Sound. I'm always positive he did. He went to Beat Junkies, and yeah, uh, yeah he did. He did that uh, that that course with them, and his, <laughs> and though he enjoyed it, has still yet to buy a turntable. He's like, I'm gonna get to it, and I'm like, I know you'll get to it, but you ain't did it yet, Chaw. You yeah. ass. <laughs> I got. But, I immediately like got into it pretty hardcore, uh, buying all the equipment that I needed for the house yeah. buying i got the, i got the tech the techniques but i also have the rain ones which are needless uh and i i, I got these just to like get the feel because because the tempo changes when you have the needle on it the yeah. bpm doesn't stay consistent but on the controller the bpm stays consistent so if you if you play a song at 95 on the controller it's always going to be 95 but if you yeah. play it on the on the ones with the needles, it'll be ninety three point seven, ninety six point one. You know, it's like yeah. bouncing up. Not maybe not that that deep, but like you know, within a couple notches. And the, you uh, do you play the guitar that's behind you there? That's a bass. Uh, oh, bass. I bought I'm that in the pandemic. Screen, so yeah, <laughs> I, I bought that in the pandemic, and I, I can play it by ear because I play keys, and so I can play by ear a little bit. Yeah, I, I can see a little bit of keys to, to your left there. Oh yeah, 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 right here. Oh, uh, but don't shit. don't get me in no. Don't how much can y'all see? Because I can't see that. Hold on, now what y'all see? <laughs> I can't see that on my screen. It's just it's just a, it's just a rectangle. It's the, the the base on the one side, the keys on the other. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I uh, I play keys, and I, I started that when I was like eight years old, and uh, the, I picked up that bass because I was just like, man, I should just learn how to play the bass just to like, have, and it was on sale. Guitar yeah. Center was having like a sale on a decent bass for like. 
200 bucks. So I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll grab that just to sit in here and watch it get dusty. I, bear, I don't ever touch it. <laughs> There's just something about artistic people where, like, you guys are able to be good at so many different things. It's like a multi-sport athlete. <laughs> I, like... I would never get on stage and try to play no bass. Put it that way right now. <laughs> like, but I can pick it up. And like, if I'm like listening to a song and I'm like, Oh, that's a pretty easy bass line. Let me pick this up and just see if I can just kind of groove on it. Cause I can hear it by ear mm. and I'll do that a little bit. But as far as like me being like, Hey man, can you fill in with the band tonight? No, <laughs> absolutely yeah, not, yet. not yet. I'm not, I'm not saying that every artist is like the Bo Jackson of, of art. But <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> You know, there's there's many people who've made it to the pros in one sport and the minors in another, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, speaking of Bo Jackson, I know for me, uh, I, I would like to know what shoe was the shoe that got you into sneakers? Like, for me, it was the Bo Jackson and my mother not buying it for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the, 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 the trainer SE, um, SE1. Can I add a, a B question to that, too, before you answer? Do you own any phone posits? <laughs> I got no phone posit. I'll tell you a funny story about phone posits. One time when I was in middle school, I had like the biggest foot in my class. I wore a 14. And oh, wow. my friend at school was like, yo, Carl, we found a pair of phone posits in our yard that are a size 14. Do you want them? And I was like, yeah. Hell yeah. And they were black phone posits. And I took them home. And my mom ripped me a new one. Oh no like whose shoes is those you don't be wearing nobody's shoes they found in the yard we ain't broke we ain't poor you know it's like going off on me about that and i was like yeah that is kind of nasty <laughs> whose whose shoes are these but i play i did pe in those phone posits that day and everybody's like oh shit but then the dude that gave them to me like started like roasting me for it. like yeah we found those shoes in our yard because we're like bro you come on man that. like you was doing a night a good deed, and now you like roasting me for this. Come on, man. Oh. Uh, but as far as me, what shoes got me in the shoes? Honestly, bro, like that that story is kind of like telling of how I got in the shoes a little bit. But like, I don't know if it was a specific shoe. Mm-hmm. It was just the lack of shoes I had. Yeah, yeah. And so, because it was for, like I said, my foot grew real fast, and my mom was like, "I ain't gonna be buying you shoes every month." So. And- it was mention, the pair of Air Forces for the whole school year. My school starts in September out here. My birthday's in January. So usually I could, you know, finesse a second pair around my birthday time, around Christmas time. And so I started school off. First day of school kicks. They look fresh on the first day. You wear them out by, by winter break. And then winter break hits and you ask your mom, beg your dad to at least, can you help my mom out a little bit? Oh, baby, I ain't got it. <laughs> like you know like yeah. like please dad just help her out a little bit so I, I need more shoes i go t- she got me in a school with rich kids like let me get some shoes ma and uh and then uh usually get another pair by then but then by that time the whole school year is like those are the two shoes you get and you might get a summer pair closer to like may or something but you can't ask for nothing tight like you got to get like you got your you got your air forces on first day of school you got your jordans for your birthday that April May pair of shoes is gonna be like a pair of Reebok classics or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not to mention like as I, I know a lot of um people who are looking for certain shoes and you can't find the coolest shoes in the size fourteen. No. Like it's I wear thirteens a lot too though. It's either feast or famine. 
either yeah. like you'll be able to find them because they're 14 or you won't be able to find them at all or they don't make them um, mm-hmm. because they're 14. I remember um, we used to be like the lick for uh, one of my friends was um, the Champs Outlet mm-hmm. because they'll always have the bigger size at the Champs Outlet yeah. or that, that back wall at Nordstrom Rack. North, right. I was just about to say, Nordstrom's <laughs> Rack. Now, I this this is controversial, but I'd like to credit me and my homeboy Leonard okay. for starting black people wearing classic Vans. Now, Leonard's bigger than me. He's 6'6", yeah. or size 15 when we was in high school. he was I was his backup center in high school, or starting power forward next to him. He went to Nordstrom Rack one We were both at the mall one day, and we had a little bit of money. I didn't have enough money for shoes. His mom would actually buy him Jordans and stuff. Like they, he he come from like a more of a upper middle class family, but I didn't have money like that. My mom had she had like fifty dollars for me. She's like, make it stretch, like make it stretch at the mall. So we went to Norson's Rack, and I didn't even know this is the first time I ever went in Norson's Rack. It was the first one that they had built out here, and we went to that back wall, and they had a few pairs of just like classic Vans on the wall for like twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. So I was able to get two pairs. But at this time, this is 2003, 2004. I'm a freshman in high, in high school. This is a big step for a freshman to take, making a fashion statement like this. Because black people was not wearing classic Vans at that time. We put them on. We go to school, get kind of roasted. Luckily, both me and Leonard are very funny. So people didn't roast us too hard. And so, because they, they didn't want to get roasted back. But yeah. like, we wore them shoes. and Everybody was like, oh, man, big risk with the classic Vans. Like, them white boy shoes, them white boy shoes. Cut to a year later, everybody's wearing them in L.A. And then a year after that, got my Vans on, but they look like sneakers out of the bay comes on. Now black black people haven't stopped wearing classic Vans since then. But me and Leonard was the first two to have to have black people to wear the classic Vans. My children, my children both wear Vans. You 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 have probably influenced the whole generation. Yeah, like, constantly out here. Every school, every start of every school year. That's that's they start the school year. They want they want to start with Vans. And then I tried to do uh, I tried to do a similar thing in high school, but I went the other way. I tried to wear lugs and make lugs popular. Yeah, but uh, unfortunately that didn't take off. Yeah. I got my yeah. bird man's on and I'm ready to walk. <laughs> New bird yeah, man lugs. I um like when we used to work inside of the office, like I used to like exclusively wear like vans like all the time because some a lot of them, especially if you get a brown pair, don't look like sneakers that much. Mm-hmm. So um I used to buy and it sounds crazy, like I used to buy like ten pair of vans a year. But yeah. um those are the They're only shoes I would throw the box away shoes. for. What's that? They're super comfortable walking shoes. Oh yeah, they're they're um they're very underrated still. Like I used uh, to buy Airwalks back in high school, and I didn't even skate. I'm a slip ons guy. So yeah, I got like all the dope slip ons and the classic slip ons, but that's my yeah. shit. Especially with I some use, jeans. Yeah, I usually wear uh, the authentic, um, the old school, and the air. Yeah, yeah. I Vans, and here's here's a, the lick too. If you buying ten pairs. The outlets, the Vans outlets, usually that back wall, because I can wear 13 in Vans, that back wall is usually like hitting, and they usually have a buy one, get one half off sale. So you go and you get a pair that's $40, already marked down to 40 bucks, and you get another pair that's already marked down to 20 bucks. You paying $10 for that pair and the 40 for the other pair, so that's $50 for two pairs. 
And then you could like that's how you stockpile the vans. Yeah. Like it's just like constantly, yeah, rotating them shits in. Yeah, I used yeah. to uh, like always like uh, scrounge the net for like uh, van vaults because van vaults are like the the upper echelon that cost a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But once you get past that season, people not gonna pay all that money for them, and they write yeah. down to um, like half off. So yeah, yeah, I could um, talk forever about shoes. Yeah, my, my vans on, jeez. <clears throat> that that's definitely uh, shoot. I just now, I if you notice, I don't really have nothing that's like crazy, like rare and stuff like that. I got a few pairs that I like. I that that right there is a pair of Virgils that I got like around the time of his death, and I got a couple pairs of ones that I don't that I got in these boxes over here, and some threes and stuff like that. But I don't really, I'm not like a person who's like I got to win this raffle tomorrow. I just, I I buy what I like. Yeah. And for me, it's more of just the freedom now of it's, it's probably trauma. It's probably something I should talk about in therapy. But like it's <laughs> definitely definitely just comes from me not having shoes like that and me always wanting to be a shoe guy. And now yeah. I can be. That's all. It yeah, it's it's funny. Like um, the one shoe that's really hurting my feelings right now is the fact that I can't get a pair of dunk lows. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. like um, dunk lows were like used to be my go to shoe. And oh, yeah. <laughs> the pandas. The pandas, yeah. Everybody wearing the pandas out here right now. And like the fact that like they used to be like 30 bucks and nobody wanted mm-hmm. them. Especially mm-hmm. the at, lows. Nobody wanted the lows. I have I had low dunks from Ross, bro. I had a <laughs> pair of navy and white dunk lows at that I found on the shelf at Ross. Yeah. Ross used to have a selection. I don't know how it was in Cleveland, but back in the day, we just in like 06, you could go to Ross and find something. Crazy. Let me see. I think our Rosses now are full of Echo. <laughs> oh, yeah. <Old> <laughs> Rockaware. <laughs> yeah. Found these right here. 30 bucks. 30 bucks in Marshalls. And that's a patent leather lime green force. Yeah, I, I remember those. Like, yeah. just they just came, um, those came out like in 2019. Yeah. 30 bucks. Because nobody wanted <laughs> this colorway. I rock these shits. Oh, I got a, and I got a rose gold pair that I haven't pulled out yet because every time I put them on, I'm always kind of like, nah, too much. <laughs> <laughs> you have to wear them to an event at some point. You see, see yeah. if they work. You get them to work with something. I got to wear them with like a suit or something like that. But uh, every time I say, I'm always like, oh, it's just a little, it's just a little too shiny. <laughs> wear, wear them with the Arby's outfit. Hell no. I'm never pulling that shit out again. <laughs> I didn't give it up. I donated a bunch of clothes. I was like, I can't donate to Arby's. But I, I'm i never going to put that thing on ever again. Okay. It, felt, it felt a little bit too in, intrusive. The fans the fans got a little bit too much in there. Like, yeah, now spin around for me. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, maybe put it in a shadow box and just hang it off to the side. Yeah, like, look, yeah. once upon a time, you say, Arby sent me, he sent me the hookup. Yeah, Arby sent me this. Uh, yeah, it's all right. My kid told me to ask you this one, so I had to. She, mm-hmm. uh, he said to ask, uh, "Are you a Coke, Pepsi, or Dr Pepper man?" Oh, okay. So that's an interesting one. If it was, a, if it's burning up hot outside, ah man, that's a great question. Because I, 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 I rotate all three, you know, and when I'm when I'm doing dark. Honestly, the real answer when I'm doing dark is root beer. Barks, to be exact. I'm we, we literally I'm just talking about that like last week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I got the A and W zeros in the fridge right now. I'll pop one uh, as soon as we get done. But like, yeah, I if out of those three, Dr Pepper is always one that's like refreshing. Yeah, it's I a sneaky that, drink. I feel people yeah. sleep on Dr Pepper, man. Yeah, people sleep on it. I want to know what them twenty three flavors are. Also, <laughs> Coke. Ice ain't nothing cure a hangover better than ice cold Coke in the morning. That's I don't know. I don't know if y'all indulge in the adult beverages and the aperitif, the spirits. Yeah. I just but, got finished drinking one of those new um spiked of simply lemonades. Is it good? Oh yeah. Spiked, huh? Yeah, I, yeah. Saw, I, just, I saw I Oh. The yeah, camera ain't doing you a favor. It's the light got you, but I I I I'm, yeah. Uh, yeah, it ain't yeah, I want one of them shits, yeah, man. I get what you say. Yeah, yeah, man. Was I, it and it was hidden? Oh yeah, it was pretty good. How many calories is in that? Uh, is shit, I don't never... uh, 170. So 170. Okay, so it's like a it's like a, a soda still. It's, they still got they got enough sugar because the white claws, people be white claws all the rage, and people be bringing the white claws to the party, but they they just don't do it for me. They don't be getting I don't be getting it stuck around I'm gonna longer. Get, I'm gonna get a little slizzed. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they stuck around. I want to get a little slizzed though. They don't do it for me. It's weird to me that that, that 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 became a thing, and now everybody. I mean, Topo Chico again. Simply mm-hmm. everybody named Mama making lick it up versions of that. I'm like, did we all? Do we really need lick and everything? Did that become a thing? <laughs> everything? <laughs> I, I just everything. think it's, it's it's more the norm. They want they want to have the liquor without tasting it. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't drink all like that, but I do like I like to taste the liquor when we tell what I'm saying when we do drink. I, I get specific liquors for that reason. I mean, well, well uh, back in the day, they had the crooked eyes. Um, like, I did used to drink the crooked eyes. I mean, so. what, what's that? Saint eyes, eyes had a a a, uh, a fruit flavored basically beer. Oh, okay. So that was definitely psh, 93, 95, like around that. It was, yeah, it was some it was some things back in the day. So, oh. yeah. But they that that was that used to be the 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 little that and then they came with saying that no was it cricket eye was the juice it was the juice. special brew yeah, special brew was, was the the, the alcohol one yeah yeah cricket eye was just like the basically they was basically trying to get children to start drinking saying eyes themed products and then by the time they grown they will of course be like yeah that's my that's my brand I'll drink that now that you know I'm old enough to have well or can convince somebody to sell me some uh, some alcohol was it a malted beverage like because uh, when we first started drinking it was. Four Locos original recipe was all the rage. Yeah, that was when I first was able to drink. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's something like that. But when you have time, you I know you're a big YouTube guy. Look up yeah. some of the Crooked Eye in the um uh the videos. They're amazing. Okay. All right, hold on. I'm gonna slide Saint, across the room right quick. I'm gonna pull something out for y'all. Hold on. Okay. Saint Eyes, Saint Eyes is definitely one of my favorite commercials. Like the Nate Dog just hit the corner, the corner store. store. You know, you know what, what I'm looking, I'm looking for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that was that was definitely a great time for for liquor music. So that came that came out a few years ago. That's the oh, Saint wow. Ives all the commercials, and like if you like, yeah, yeah, it's it's a uh, King T, Ice Cube, Ghetto Boys, Rakim, EPMD, uh, DJ Pooh, Tupac, MCA, Nate Dogg, Scarface, Warren G, Wu Tang Clan, Jay Z, Yo Yo, and King T. Uh, everybody and mama basically did uh, crooked yeah. eyes or sane eyes or special brew commercial of some sort. Is the Nate Dog song on that? Is that the just hit the corner store song? Yeah, 
You know oh, what I'm looking for. Yeah. yeah, man. So, so that's on that album. I wonder is that on yeah. is that on DSP? That's tight. I tried yeah. to, Snoop Dogg had a a Saint Ides tracksuit that I tried to track down like crazy because I wanted a, a, the shirt, uh, the, the 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 whole fit. Yeah, but I can't find it anywhere. I think it was like specially made for Snoop Dogg. But yeah, it's got that eye got- on it. Yeah, I got that. I got that forever ago uh, at a record store day uh, from my old record shop that is is now out of business. But uh, yeah, that's really uh, it's one of my special ones in my collection. There. What's that album called? It is literally called the Saint Ides Bootleg. Includes rare tracks by, and it goes on from there. Yeah, I, and I kept I, I kept the the sleeve on it, the the plastic on it, so I could keep the hype sticker. You know what I'm saying? I've been trying to be yeah. better about what, how I open my records. Because uh, I bought, what did I buy? Summertime. Uh, DJ, you know, just, just Fresh Prince. And uh, they was like, hype stickers still included. I was like, should I have been keeping my stickers on this bitches this whole time? I didn't even know. I've been unwrapping records and sit, but no. Nah, so now I get in, I I split them uh, with a razor real fine. And I can, see, I can get the record in and out. So. Oh, nice. That's like yeah, wearing been, a new air cap and taking the sticker off the brim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never. <laughs> sticker stay there, bro. Why would I do that? <laughs> Oh my goodness! All right, this one is random, and it's actually the last question I have on my my list of questions, and then we'll, then we'll, we'll kind of roll into a regular old show unless y'all have something else. And that is, do you skip intros on streaming services? If you watching something on Netflix, Disney Plus, or whatever, and it gives you the option to skip the intro, do you skip the intro? It depends on which one it is. So <laughs> I gotta watch Gospel Girl all the time now. I'm yeah, skipping that intro. I'm sick of that. That <laughs> is logical. But uh, what's the intro that I wouldn't skip? Uh, how you living? What? How you living? <laughs> you can do what you want. The second season theme. Yes, is one of my. Favorites. <laughs> uh, I don't skip. I don't skip the Martin theme song when it was the uh, the uh, take six. What? Oh, okay. okay. I'm the man. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll listen to that one. Uh, that one's on HBO Max, and they give you the option to skip that. I'll skip the first one. I'll, get, I'll skip like because I heard that just too many times. Yeah. But the other one is still is a groove. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that those I, I won't skip. Family Guy I'll skip sometime. But that's like one of your favorite shows. So it's at this yeah. point you have, unless they do something to change that intro up greatly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I, I happened to that came to me the other day when I was watching Stranger Things and and it popped up and skip intro. I'm like, why would I skip this intro? This intro is a I love that intro. It's got that good like spooky music. Plus, them shits only come out like every like four years at this point. Yeah, no, I'm a I'm a savor every moment of that, of that shit. I didn't get to I didn't get to watch I didn't I didn't get to it. Uh, Stranger Things. Hey man, if, if Tom is ever on your side, or you don't say you just you out of town, you need something to just throw on. Start that series, run right through it. It's a pretty good time. Got to give it up to them, man. They they, they made a, they made a pretty damn good show. I, I cannot deny it. So, all right, <laughs> that that is what's going on there. All right, y'all got anything else I want to ask I'm a, uh, before I jump into a regular ass show? <laughs> well, I think I'm pretty good. Very good, very good. Thank you for that. All right, I call this one. You know what I'm saying no. Normally we do we do a, a couple of news stories about the in, in the great state of Ohio we've had. You know, so people are like, oh, what's going on in Ohio? Let me tell you. But this particular one, I think I literally want to start a series based on some shit like this. Right? If we come across a uh, gentleman, I, I want y'all to know this shit. I, I call this shit grand opening, grand closing. 
Tamir Rice killer Timothy Loman hired as police officer in small Pennsylvania town. And I could go through that whole story right quick. Damn, that's bullshit. They hired that cop who killed a child in this town. But then literally hours later of that same day, let's click over to that story. Timothy Loman withdraws from Pennsylvania police job day after news reported hiring. <laughs> this little this 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 little nobody who should never work again, especially in 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 the in the work of uh, uh, you know protecting the servant. Uh, got that job, eighteen dollars an hour, which is real sad when you think about. I don't I don't know. He I guess he would have been the only cop in that town, so maybe that's a fine uh, you know amount of money for that particular police officer. But uh, he uh, quickly lost that job once the mayor was like, "No, nah, bro, you you can't be hiring this child killer to to, to be in my town." So. <laughs> Yeah, like I said, I I I, I don't even want to delve deep into it because it's it's always going to be a sad story. That that should happen just up the road from here, and uh, but I definitely like said if I can, if I, if I come across more stories like that, we have a segment now to put it in. I'm gonna call that shit grand opening, grand closing. Bleed that. I, I definitely keep that in mind. Yeah, yeah. So you come across something, you let me know. But and it's it's always worth tape, Ant Man. What you got for us this week? Oh man, I got a, a little story. Um, so. Whew. This week, my hot water tank busted. So Saturday, oh, um, I was working on another project. So because I know we were talking about shoes earlier, my whole thing is I don't leave the house no more. I'm trying to get down to like 40 pairs of shoes I have and get rid of the rest. So I'm like getting the room ready for it. So I go into the basement. I move this rack and I notice there's some water on the floor. I'm like, oh, shit. I call uh, my partner. I was like, hey. Um... Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I didn't, I, we ain't doing it live today. So so I got you. I got you. That's easy. Uh, so <laughs> I noticed it was water on the floor. I let her know. And I'm like, man, like, it's just drip. The, the hot water tank started dribbling. Now, keep in mind, this is the 3rd of July. So they was like, no, we can't come out. So I looked up on YouTube what to fix. It fixed it a little bit, but it didn't completely stop the problem. So then we had to call like a real repairman. They finally got to get out here, I think on the, I think it was like the 6th. It was like Tuesday. So they came out Tuesday. And like the guy was like, is these two problems? Either you can completely, um, it was like, it's a thermal couple. But but that costs $900 by itself. Either you're going to do that. Or get another tank. I was like, our tank was 20 years old. So I was oh. like, no, it's 22 years old. I was like, let's right. just get another one. So we get another one. He puts it in. Still dripping a little bit. He said, hmm, let me check the water pressure. Um, he checks the water pressure. Now, I'd already looked the, the, like some of these things up. Our water pressure. What's the matter? Our water pressure was at 160. Your water pressure for your house is supposed to be between 40 and 80. Damn. So we've been living here for about eight years. <laughs> I don't know how much shit I don't have to replace in this house. Like the first, like when we were first hooking up our, our washing machines, hose busted. First day. Um I've had to replace like, you know, the the filling tank in, the, in both toilets. All these things over these the dishwasher, years. the dishwasher, yeah, 
Every problem that we've had in this house is because of the water pressure has been 160 for eight years. Like quadruple what it should have been. And it's caused all these problems. So um, it was funny. Like, so the guy fixed the first thing. He came back with a, with a pressure sensor, fixed that. He was not going five minutes. The pressure was so intense, it busted the previous shutoff valve off because he like right above the uh the shutoff valve is where like like the old workings yeah so it busted because of the pressure was so much between there between where it's where where it starts to slow it down so i had to call them back um they replaced that for free with no problem and it was just like it it was i felt like it was such relief because it was like you could tell the difference like right away, like the difference between how the like how the water was just flowing in the house. And where does, like, where do you where do you even source that? Where 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 does that problem start at? From the city. The city, like the what like so, you know, right where the water comes into our house, it's a shutoff file. Yeah. So that's like where it initially comes in at. So we could turn that off and on, but he was saying that that seemed to be um, getting bad too. But I have to call the city to turn off the water in order to fix that. So that's a whole nother problem. Jesus Christ, man! And in this city, we live in Richmond Heights, right, right outside of Cleveland. At least two times a year, there's a water main break. <laughs> I think they're doing that shit on purpose so they can be like, hey. City of Richmond, come fix, come fix. You can, we got, we need to fix our water again. It's always a water main break here, all the time. So, <laughs> man, I want to sue them. Do you have a uh, bidet installed in your house? A what? A bidet? A bidet. Man, if I'd, 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 I'd have been getting my, my asshole tore up. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. You're tearing the skin off. The, the only reason, the, uh, I, I bought the same bidet you have. The only reason I didn't install it because you know we've been we've been thinking about not not thinking about we've been preparing to move, and I didn't change it because I was like, man, we probably if we if we move and I ain't gonna want to take off a bidet and put another bidet on, so that's the only reason I didn't put that bidet on. I'm glad you didn't. You would have ruined it or had yeah. a bad time. <laughs> I mean, it's the it's the it was it's the gateway to getting plugged. So. No, uh, not for a peg, 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 peg. It's the gateway to getting peg. Oh my god! So the city controls the water pressure. Yeah, like they, 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 they control how much like water goes in and out through the um through through the yeah through your plumbing. Yeah. Wow, I wonder. So at my grandma's house back in the day, when I so you know in the south you take baths. Yeah, I ain't start taking showers until I moved to LA. <laughs> Always taking a bath when I was a kid, but then when I start taking showers, I go back to my grandma's house, try to get, take a shower. That water would come out so hard that it would hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, Guys, "What's wrong with this shower? It feels like knives." And I, I wonder if that was what the problem was. I wonder if it's a water pressure issue. You know, the water pressure, yeah, this def- like I I could tell immediately, immediately, like the, just the way the water came, like so in our kitchen. Like we, you got, you know, uh, we got a hose, uh, you know, the, the mm-hmm. on and off. And, and I remember I enjoyed how, how much pressure we got from, you know, you washing dishes and yeah, I don't got to worry about scrubbing cause I could do it. It won't, it, yeah. it doesn't even do close to that anymore. 
Like that water was coming out with such force. Like it was quadruple what it should have been. So it fucked up a lot of stuff. But I mean, that's good. That, but like I said, y'all in the midst of trying to you know buy a new one and sell the old one. So that's good to have found that, and we'll hopefully get that you know taken care of. That's wild. Yeah, it it was um like it was. Yes, I had to. I, I like any other thing that happened that day, like. Uh, you know, replacing a, a a water tank is about a grand. Yeah. So I knew that was the amount of money that we were probably going to have to spend. Granted. So then, like, you know, we they put on another um, overflow tank. Didn't have to worry about that. But, like, the main problem all these years has been this, this one thing. And, like... I mean, y'all know all the stories I, I've told on here about, like, I had to replace the, you know, the washer in the shower or uh, when my niece broke the sink, <laughs> the sink in the back bathroom. It's always been something, but it was like the underlying issue has always been the water pressure. And I, I know you edit, you edit the show and you hear sometimes you turn the water on, you hear da, 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 in, uh, in our house. So, whew, man. Well. That's insane. I'm glad, like I said, I'm glad you arrived at a, at a good fixing point, man. But geez, Louise, bro, that house, man, be it's a real, it's been a real journey for you, man. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like yeah, it's been a real, it's been a journey. But like, I think um, honestly, part of a generational wealth is not just like having money and like, but it's part of knowledge, like right. Yeah. So. When the guys were here and like when shit started going wrong, I knew the th- the steps to do beforehand before they got here. I know like, hey, when when I shut off my main water, I know I got to turn on the water in the basement sink to let all the water out in the whole house. Or yeah. like, the dude was like when they had, when they had to rush back here when the uh, when the when the off switch busted, he was like like all the water like I I knew to turn the main water off. He was like, you would be surprised. How many people would just, when stuff get messed up, just let it run until we get back or let it run until we get here. And like, we got to, you know, work in muck (laughs) um, while we're trying to fix the problem. I was like, I just couldn't let that happen. Like, I still got to live here because this is my frigging office. I'm not going to, let's can't be um, having water down here. And I don't know. It's, I kind of feel like, Knowing the little things to do and being able to, you know, tell the boys like this is what we got to do because, I mean, every every time you're not gonna have the money to just to to buy a new hot water tank. You you got to know something. So yeah. Well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad you was on that, man. Uh, I already uh, have pretty much prepared boxes of uh, story time this week. So this one it starts with me having to quickly share y'all some uh sounds. <laughs> okay. So let me do a quick share. We're gonna click that. We're gonna give you some system audio. Share and I'll push Prepare play. Myself. Oh, very good. You give me a th- you give me a thumbs up if y'all can hear it. Once I push play on it. Lastly, great ass. Mm. Considering we were to get eight million in a conditional a draft pick for a guy right. that a best could have gotten you a third round compensatory pick two years from now. Yeah. Is this? I'm lastly, turn it, I'm turn it down. Considering where they. Were to get eight million in a conditional draft pick for a guy that a best could have gotten you a third round compensatory pick two years from now is a solid return. Great A. So I think it was a pretty varied bag yeah. from the Browns. Good point, fans. Lunchbox. <laughs> I, I give it. I give it. A, <laughs> yeah. I how would you guys rate with what they had to work with? 
But what the, yeah, I, mean, I can't give it an A. They no. got- so, uh, so the the voices that you heard there are members of the recently formed Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Now, the person who uh, named me directly there, those of you listening, I'm sure are familiar with his work. He is the person who created the Cleveland uh, video, the fun times in Cleveland town, everyone, Mike Polk Jr. Okay. So the story behind that was um, I like to interact with that show a little bit because I want them to succeed. And they had put out a question about um, what do you grade the the trade of Baker Mayfield, the the Carolina Panthers. So I just – basically wrote to them what I had said in my own personal group chat with my buddies. I didn't even think it was going to make it on air. And I was just here sitting here watching the show while I was working, you know, air quotes around working. And it popped up on the screen. I saw my, my Twitter handle, like my face, my beautiful face was on the internet. And uh, I was like, Oh shit, that's kind of cool. But you know, it's not the first time this has happened. I remember like when LeBron left, and I, and I talk some trash on Twitter that I have people in Miami attacking me. That's the thing about the sports and the internet, man. Like, sometimes you just find yourself in the spotlight without even, like, thinking that that's what's going to happen. It's the worst. Sports internet is the absolute worst. Yeah. I, for one, know firsthand. However, Colin Cowherd <laughs> did say that Baker Mayfield coming to the NFC South would be the best quarterback in the in the conference once Tom Brady retires next year. And I found that blasphemous. When you got famous Jameis tossing that thing in the east. <laughs> Jameis is good. Get ready. Y'all boy, Michael Olave. Isn't that first name Michael? He Chris played Olave. At, uh, Chris Olave. I don't even know. Michael Thompson. <laughs> is, uh, Chris Olave is his name. We got him. Jameis going to find him in the end zone. I'm telling you. Okay, so you're I, a Clippers fan that roots for the Saints. I'm just trying to piece this all together now. Came came came, came up down south, so the, so the Saints kind of become your team automatically just because uh, just for where you're from, right? Either the Saints or the Falcons. Hold on now, uh, we, I'll give y'all the breakdown. See, Fair I enough. Ask, I didn't ask this question. <laughs> uh, I give y'all the whole sports break if you got the time. Hey, please have a have my home. Let's start with the New Orleans Saints. That's from birth. That's black and gold till I'm dead and cold. That is where it all started. I'm born about an hour and a half from New Orleans. That's like my dad played for the Saints. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, I'm born a Saints fan. Born a football fan first, period. 1997, I moved to Los Angeles. And my mom is dating a dude that's not my Saints football playing dad. So it's automatically get him out of here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Huge Laker fan. First game I ever go to ever is a Clippers game, and they win. And this old white man looks at me and goes, you must be the good luck charm. Because I told him <laughs> it was my first time ever being at a game. Was it Donald Sterling? It was Donald Sterling. <laughs> We've been best friends ever since. Uh, <laughs> now, uh that's how the Clipper thing started. And the Clippers and the Clipper like standum didn't really start until oh, about 10 years ago when I started getting berated online for being a Clipper fan. And I said, well, now I got to stand 10 toes down and never, never move off this hill. I got to die on this hill. And just like you said, I appreciate you saying I've been a Clipper fan since before shit was sweet. Cause yes, man, but I was rocking with y'all, man. I was a Cleveland fan for LeBron James. 
Uh, I'm, I've always been a big LeBron James fan my whole life. I mean, my, not my, I mean, since I was 14 when he <laughs> came to Because yeah, yeah. uh, he was a real cool dude. And uh, once he came have to you, Lakers, he betrayed me. you maintained me. your Cleveland fandom once LeBron changed zip codes? Well, man, I'm a Shady <laughs> Oseman guy all day. <laughs> uh, no, I have not. I, I, I don't mind Cleveland. I don't, I don't never root against Cleveland. I like yeah. Cleveland. I like everybody on their roster. Like I like I like JDO's mind. I like. I uh, mean, I wasn't trying to put you on the spot, but it just seems like, and, th- and this is a generational topic. It, yeah. Like when we were young, you know, you were loyal to your team and you liked the players on that team. And once the player left, you still rooted for your team. You didn't follow with that person. And yeah. It seems like as time has gone on, that team loyalty has gone away, and now people are more loyal to players. Players, yes. I, we were, they were just talking about this. Did you watch Undisputed this morning? I watched parts of it, yeah. Yeah. So Shannon was talking about this, and they were having a really weird conversation because it's a it's a, a hard line to toe when it comes to that type of stuff because you do want players to have power and players to have autonomy and stuff like that. But then when you see what's going on with Kevin Durant right now, where it's just like, I'm going to play here one year, and I don't like it anymore. I'm going away. It's like, boy, you got a contract, man. You got to play. Like, But they're like, nope, nope, I'm not going to have a contract. Get out of here. Like. The demanding of trades and stuff like that, and he was talking about it's it's causing people to not be loyal to teams anymore. And mm-hmm. I will also say with the with the advent of social media and how much basketball is a social media sport now. Like yes. I don't notice I don't notice it as much in football and baseball. Honestly, football social media I'd rather not look at because it's usually uh, ra- a lot of racism involved. Well, baseball but, doesn't even allow their their stuff to be posted by anyone that's not an MLB account. They they flag everything. Yeah, yeah. See, I wish the NBA did that, but it's making the game global, and it's making the game very popular. So I get why they're doing that, but it's it's one of the reasons why I go so hard for the Clippers now. Is because I have I feel like it's my duty to represent for the underdog in Los Angeles. Like, like yeah. if, if I feel like I, you see the Chargers hat right there, I'm not a Charger fan, but I rock their the colors, and I don't rock great color scheme. Their jerseys are some of the hottest in the league. Probably the best, like in sport. Yeah, yeah, but uh. I, I'm a rock with them because everybody likes to shit on them because this is such a fair weather town. They don't people don't support you unless you're winning, and you know I've been I've been stepped on, battered and bruised over these <laughs> damn old Clippers, and I'm not I'm 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 gonna continue to fight front lines. Uh, but with that being said, I'm all sweaty. Uh, Saints is my number one. Like, bury me in a black and gold casket. Uh. I might even get the floor tatted. Now that I'm getting tattoos now, but oh. I did not. I did not continue to watch Cleveland basketball after LeBron left. I was a I go wherever he go type of guy, but always rooting for the Clippers within that time. I knew that the Clippers were not going to be in the postseason during those years, so I got to root for somebody. Yeah, and LeBron is the guy that I'm roof. I'm not finna root for the light skin gang in Oakland when they play <laughs> against Ken James. To be fair, though, the Clippers haven't exactly had like lean years for the last decade. I mean, you had Lob City. Yeah, but I've been I've been rocking full on. I mean, listen, when you're a Clipper fan, you know that something's bound to go wrong eventually. But I also think that that's like the beauty of sports. I feel like y'all as Cleveland fans can appreciate, you know, rocking through thick and thin. Uh, But like, yeah. I mean, imagine having to like continue to roof your team when the the whole country is telling you you're a piece of trash because your quarterback may or may not have done some things. Uh, Now, (laughs) (laughs) man was humping the air. (laughs) It's crazy. 
I've been trying it every night. It doesn't work. <laughs> I don't know how he. I don't know how he did it. How can you be that horny? You got to be insanely horny to hump the air and bust. I, I'll be honest too. Like when I when all this first came out, I was like, "How can this be real?" And then, like, I'll say about three weeks ago, I was on Twitter one night, and I ran across a video that I had forgotten that I had seen a couple years ago. And it was Deshaun Watson in his apartment in Houston, hanging out with Mia Khalifa. And I was like, the warning signs were there all along, and I looked past it. (laughs) And she had on, like, a a French maid's costume. It's like, man, this dude's got to be the horniest guy on the planet. Wow. Which I'm sure back then people thought that was just a flex, but do you? I wonder if if they hooked up. I mean, I assume they did likely, because she's like a big sports fan. Yeah, mm-hmm. like she was doing like a I show. Know, but I want to assume that just because she's a fan, I mean, she I, I don't know. Don't she got a sports show? That's the difference between being a fan and being in dudes' home. Oh, I don't know. I, I was on. I thought she had a sports show. Maybe she was interviewing or something. But I I I, I never want to make assumptions. I'm saying. I, mean, I don't man. want to make assumptions, but like she, she are she likes to fuck. I mean, it's already in the air. <laughs> you know like, what else is in the air? His meat, because he's humping it. His <laughs> meat. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I feel for him in a way, not condoning his actions, but I really think in his mind because he keeps holding strong. Like I didn't do nothing, not consent. I didn't do nothing. But I think in his mind, he really is like, I didn't touch these women. I didn't say I did. I, all I did was hump the air, mm-hmm. like not realizing that that's still just as bad. Like, yeah. they're not trying to see you hump the air and bust. Like, like they're still <laughs> trying to do their job. Like, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I know a lady who used to do um, like she does waxing. And she doesn't do guys anymore. She was saying, like. We're we're filthy one. We're dirty. Mm-hmm. Then, like she was saying, like one time, d- n- no rubbing, no tugging, and she was like, "That was it. No more." In her no face? More. Not. I mean, I guess it, it came at her. It, it, it yeah. It, you know, he he didn't put a, a mushroom tattoo under her eye, but um, like he 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 came, and she was like, after that, she wouldn't she wouldn't do guys no more. Yeah, I, I would imagine that that's got to be. Yeah, like, it was a strife. <laughs> we be so bad. We terrible. <laughs> but, we gotta come, man. but think about it in the context. We're having this really awkward conversation right now. <laughs> and we're going to have to deal with this for the next decade, probably. Yeah. It's, I said, he, he says that Clevelanders know what it's like to stick through thick and thin. This is why is is what it's like to stick through thick and thin. What? Well, I don't think that, I want this level of, of, of thin and or thick crap you wish to describe this situation. That, that's why it's always helpful to have a, a, another team. Like, I know as, as a Clevelander, the Broncos shouldn't be um, the team that that's my secondary team. But since I know somebody who played for them, I feel like um, they have a good chance with um, this year with, with a new quarterback. And I, I guess I mean, my second. Your defense, though, that, like, that dude's like practically family to you. Yeah. So like, you know Russell like, No, um, I know uh, Draymond Jones that played for um, the Broncos. Oh, okay. My dad played for the so, Broncos too. Yeah, ho- hopefully that uh, you know, with, um, you know, with Sierra cheering them on, 
like um you know <laughs> sliding up and down the cars in a parking lot that would be uh good i know that would give me the the motivation i needed to succeed if sierra was cheering me on <laughs> Well, the, the general scope was I want to know uh, uh, just in general. I mean, you, I, clearly you you made the point that you you feel we did pretty well in this trade. You know what I'm saying? We got something for you know what I'm saying for what for what was going to look like. You know, it gave us what did they get eight million dollars in cap space or whatever. Yeah, the way so the the tra- the pick we ended up getting ended up compensatory. Being, so. We would have gotten a compensatory pick if Baker had left, and then that pick would have been based on how much he signed for when he left. But the pick wouldn't have conveyed until two years from now, so 2024. When I said what I said on that show, I hadn't heard yet that the pick we're getting from the Panthers is also 2024. So it's not coming this following year. It's coming two seasons from now. So it's almost like we're getting like a slightly less quality compensatory pick and saving $8 million. Okay. But with the with the financials on the team right now, the eight million dollars is extremely important. So it's worth like because realistically, Sam Darnold sucks. Baker's going to win that job. I did the math. Baker has to play twelve games in order for the Browns to get a fourth round pick. Yes, I'm that crazy in sports with, with following it all. I did the math. So <laughs> Baker played for the Panthers twelve games. We get a fourth round pick. If he had left here and signed a pretty solid like mid tier like a little bit more than Trubisky, we would have gotten yeah. a third-round compensatory. So we knocked it down around, save $8 million. Okay. Mm. So basically Carolina said, let me get Baker Mayfield and some waffle fries. <laughs> <laughs> I shit you not, I literally watched that video two nights ago. Hodge <laughs> Stenson is on my YouTube recommended right now. I'm now, granted, I'd seen that video in high school, but because I, I pulled that up for old time's sake, that whole playlist is showing up in my recommended like the last two days. Nice. <laughs> well, give it a ball. Props <laughs> to uh, uh, the ultimate Cleveland sports show, a, a new show in our area. I don't really you know, get down with sports that hard. I enjoy, look, I root for the Cavs, I root for the Guardians. That's it. I don't need, I try not to root for the Browns because they break, they break hearts. So I try not to even play myself like that. So I, I, for, for football, Nah, I'm I'm okay. I'll just enjoy whoever's playing the game. <laughs> it's just a it's just a smarter play for you, man. Because I wish I could. I wish I could be so flippant. <laughs> it's just better for me because I because because I I'm not saying I used to go hard for the Browns, but I were I was a bit more invested, and I was like I got to quit doing this to myself. This is just this leads to bad Mondays every week, and I don't need that. How do you do? How do you stop? It's time for you to therapize me. How do you not root for? The, how do you not do it? Because with these Clippers, I try my best. I, I, I'm in too deep. I am Omar Epps, and I'm with, I'm with God. <laughs> I'm with the devil's advocate. Right now is the perfect time for you to be in deep. This is the best shot you're going to have for the foreseeable future. Not foreseeable, I would say. But oh. I, I, I do think that this team, I, I never – listen, man. Listen, after the Lob City, Lob City was so – that 2014 team was supposed to win a championship. And we were a better team than the Warriors, but that's when the Warriors bubble broke. I after that, it's it's you know I when you get beat up like you like me and you're a Clipper fan, y- y'all y'all think Cleveland sports get shot on? Like we share a city and an arena with not only the most storied franchise, but the media darling. Like they love the, the Lakers fart. And they're talking about it. That's why you guys need to get out of there. There wasn't Alan Horton Tucker farted today. 
Wasn't there talk of the Clippers getting their own arena outside of the downtown area, like 40 we minutes? Are, not 40 minutes. I mean, 40 minutes in traffic. But uh, in Inglewood, it's, it's, it's like 10 miles away from mm. from the stadium. It's, it's coming. It's, it's 2024 season, it'll be there. When y'all get that $8 million for Baker Mayfield, we'll also be in our own arena. And uh, <laughs> it... Here's the crazy part. Here's a story that a lot of people don't know. The Staples Center was is the Kings Arena. That's where the Kings were. Kings were moving out of the go to the Great Western Forum and going to get their own arena. That's why everything is purple in there and stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. not for the Lakers. It's purple for the Kings. They came to Donald Sterling knowing that the LA Sports Arena where they were playing at the time, aptly named by Bruce Springsteen as the dump that jumps. Because that's what he does. He would do all of his L.A. concerts there. And it's a a dump, and it's been a dump since the 50s when it was built. Uh, It's gone now. They tore it down for our our, uh, other football, other soccer teams' uh, stadium. But I played my city championship game in high school, too. But that place sucked. It was was awful. It was gross. It was like everything was leaking. I'm sure the water pressure was probably through the roof. (laughs) Way more than 40 to 80 in that building. But they came to Donald Sterling first and said, hey, would you like to be the second tenant in this arena? And he was like, I need money to do it. And they're like, what? No, we we give you this this amount of money. He's like, I need more. I need more money to do it. Convince me that I should move the team. So you'll have second billing behind the Kings like if you do this. And he was like, nope, nope, I need more money. I'm not going to do it. And then the Lakers did it and got that second billing. And won five championships in there, and like he he just was like okay okay we'll come we'll come we'll come. So now we got third billing behind the Kings and the Lakers, which is why Clippers are one of the few teams in the NBA, if not the only team, that plays home games at twelve thirty p.m. on Sundays. Oh wow! Because he wanted to get uh, third billing as opposed to just taking the money that they offered him the first time. He was such a so greedy. But it, just a terrible owner all around. We we yeah. we, we knew that <laughs> it's all said and done. Yeah. Wasn't he also extremely cheap? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Extremely. He 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 not when he first bought the team and he first moved to LA, he did that. Not he wasn't supposed to do that. He knocked all of the budgets down to like a hundred dollars. So basically, people were like the scouts were having to pay out of their pocket for things. Uh trainers, like he paid the, they paid the trainers, but they, they the budgets of them to get stuff like tape and things like that. Basically, the players had to bring their own socks to the like. They had to like they he knocked the budgets down for everything, and I I didn't understand this at first. I, I had to ask my friend recently, what is it that in, incentivizes? Usually, when a team is well liked, you're gonna get more people. I remember when I first went to that first Clipper game, it was empty in there, man. It was it was like it was, only the bottom bowl was full, the top levels were completely empty, and it. I'm like, doesn't it – shouldn't a contender make you more money? That, doesn't that get you more money? It's like, no, because the league gets a, a piece of the te- television deals and the merch deals. So basically, it doesn't matter if you win or lose. You're still getting paid at the end of the year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just now learned that. I'm like, so that's why he sucked all those years and did not care to win. Oh. Yeah, it's the same thing like with luxury tax. Like the teams that go over, they put all that money into a pool, and then all the teams that aren't in the tax split that pool. So, yeah. like, as long as you own an NBA team, the cash just flows because you get the TV rights, the merchandising rights. You can suckle at that luxury tax money. 
That's why he didn't need to put money like in another four billion dollars now. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. He didn't need to put no money. Dan Gilbert too. Quicken Loans. <laughs> what is that building called now? The Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, Rocket correct? Mortgage Fieldhouse. Yeah. Mm. Don't like that. Once upon a time, that was the Gund Arena. Now that name was awful because it just sounded like gonorrhea. But <laughs> the Q, the Q was kind of sweet. You know what I'm saying? That was a hot little name that kind of made sense. You know what I'm saying? We, we were, you know what I'm saying? We, we, we got the rock. Holla. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know, man. No, nobody in there throwing up the diamonds. They should be, but they not. Know <laughs> <laughs> what they're playing? Oh my goodness! Well, we gonna keep them off. We moving people. Uh, y'all know what it is. We head on over to Reddit, visit the Mean Streets. I'm an asshole. And surprise, we already did that. But I'll at least read you the title right now. And the title for this week is "Am I the asshole for not updating my wife about our baby while she was out?" Am I the asshole for not updating my wife about our baby while she was out? Throwaway account, my wife, 27 female, and I, 27 male, recently had our first baby. He is currently five weeks old. I was on unpaid paternity leave for three weeks, but had to go back to back since we need the money. My wife is still on her maternity leave, so she's been doing all of the work with the baby during the day while I'm at work until she goes back to work soon. She's also breastfeeding the baby and only recently started pumping. So before that, she was doing all of the feedings. Basically, what I'm trying to say is my wife hasn't had a break. She really hasn't been away from the baby at all, not even for a few hours. Her friends invited her out for a few hours, and she wasn't sure she could, should go. She was really reluctant to leave the baby, but I encouraged her to go. I just wanted her to have some time to relax away from the baby since she's been doing such a great job. She agreed to go. I was determined not to bother her at all unless it was an emergency. So I just put my phone on the charge in our bedroom and hung out with the baby in the living room. I think we had a good time, or at least as good a time as we could have. Little man doesn't do all that much yet. Well, my wife came home an hour earlier than she was supposed to, and she was crying. Apparently, she had messages for an update, and since my phone was in the other room, I didn't notice. Now she's really upset. Now she's really upset because she she said I scared her. I didn't mean to do anything wrong. I just wanted her to be able to focus on having fun with her friends. Am I the asshole? No, you're not the asshole. You're a rookie dad. And uh, rookie's going to make mistakes. She's a rookie mom. Rookie mom's going to make mistakes. It's what we do that first time around. It's a lot of shit we uh, have to figure out. That's why the second one is just so much breezier. And it's probably why my man Gabe can have four of them motherfuckers without being an issue. Because once you do, like, yeah, yeah, once you're done two, I would think anything after that is a. Like, who cares? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm I'm stop you there. I'm gonna tell you this. <laughs> I have a five year old and a seven year old. And anytime my partner goes out, I still get phone calls. I still make sure I have my phone my phone in my pocket because she still wants to give me directions like they're like they're baby sometimes. <laughs> Not necessarily directions, but I hear still you. Check I hear up you. on them like they eat. I'll, yeah, probably. Anthony can't can, can go get his own stuff to eat right now. Like, does it ever make you feel insulted as their father to like have their mom be like, you know, checking up, be like giving you instructions like you ain't been there this whole time? I feel insulted, but that's just me. I probably oh. shouldn't. V- 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 Vanessa, who in this situation is a step parent. 
be on my shit like like that and I get offended. Yes, I'm offended. Like you you have to know I've been here the entire time and I know yeah. what I'm doing. But they don't. They yeah, don't because they they, they, they they have been taught their entire lives that we're a bunch of morons who would never know how to do anything. I'm not I you know I wouldn't say that. I would say that it's just I don't know. And, and it's I don't even say it's like a level of care thing or anything. It's just she's naturally concerned. Like she's naturally concerned about them is like because I'm not gonna lie to you. When I go out and do something, unless she call, I'm not checking on them. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure like if something bad happened, that's when I'll get a phone call. Or because I'm more of when I when things go on, I am like, I'll take care of it and then after it's over, then I'll call. It. We had a fire in the backyard, she was pissed off that I didn't say Hey, baby, it's a fire in the backyard. All right, I'll call you back. <laughs> How can I do that without trying to put out a fire? <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it's, it never stops. So, when y'all have y'all other one, it's still going to happen. The same thing the same thing's still going to happen. That's always going to be their baby. I, I don't think the person's an asshole. That didn't come across my answer. Oh, I, I trust. I trust. I trust as much. Uh, this person did uh, uh, provide an edit, and it says, mm. "Thank you for all the comments and advice." I kind of feel like an idiot re- reading them because this oh. probably should have been a, should have been common sense. I will definitely keep my phone on me in the future, and I will make sure the two of us communicate better in the future about expectations when one of us isn't home. When I'm at work, my wife sends me little updates and pictures throughout the day, and I love them, so I don't know why it didn't occur to me that she would like the same. We just, I mean, come on, bro. That's without me having read that. (laughs) Were people calling him an asshole, or were they being kind to him? Oh, uh, let's go. Let's just take take a quick look. This says, not the asshole. Five weeks, her first time leaving the baby, her hormones must be off the charts. That said, I'm glad you tried to give her an uninterrupted break to go be an adult with her other adults. Perhaps this needs to be an explicit conversation regarding contact needs when one of you is out of the house. Your first time's parents, after all, it's a trial. It's trial and error. Good luck, congratulations, and keep being solid parents. So I don't think anyone was going. No, everybody's saying not the asshole. And uh, let's okay, see. I was only asking because the one, the first one you read, kind of was like towing the line. Like they may have called him an asshole for not having his <laughs> phone on him, but yeah. then like was like it ain't that big of a deal. So I was just curious. And then all of a sudden, it'll appear in the show, and you'll be like, oh, hey, that happened. It's a good time. We don't, we don't, we don't got another one to do a Carl? I did not I did not pull another I'm an asshole, but I will gladly snatch one right quick. Let me head over to the old... Is T an asshole for not pulling an Am I the asshole? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? This, this immediately seems like a good time. Nah, that's a, bit, that's a bit lengthy for my taste. May come back for that one later. I'm trying to find one that's like, you know, kind of reasonable. And right now, the Emma the Asshole is not being reasonable. And also, way more wedding ones show up than y'all would ever know. I, it's constantly yeah, what, what somebody. Seem, seem to be the bugaboo. Yeah, they be, people be having a fit about that. I don't want to put too much pressure on the team this year, though. By the way, what we were talking about, you say it's our best chance. We are very deep. There was an article that came out today that said, uh, do they have too much of a good thing? And it's like, no, because one of these guys is going to go down. So we need all these extra bodies because we're going to need them to play well for at least probably 30 games this season. 
Well, we need, we're going to have to rest PG, Kawhi, and, and John Wall at least 30 games. Well, like when I said that it's your best shot is now, like, right, I would say you got this year, next year. Those, these are your two best shots. And I, because Paul George isn't getting any younger. No. And the Oklahoma City Thunder owns your soul for the next decade. Not the next decade, just through 2026. <laughs> Why is that? That's only three years. We gave a lot of picks away for Paul George, which I, I mm-hmm. after seeing what Rudy Gobert got, what they did, I, and and kind of making sense of that trade. Also, Paul George got us to six games in the Western Conference Finals last season. Paul George is the most disrespected player in I, the NBA. I used to not think very much of Paul George. I thought he was extremely overrated, like in his Pacer days. Then over the last few years, he's kind of turned my opinion around. Not that my opinion matters to him in the in the eighth or for anything, but. He he used to be a choker. I felt like he was like he was regular season good, playoff choker. Like you know the whole playoff P thing. Like, mm. but then the last like two years, I've, he's impressed me. I, I've come around on him. I'm a Paul George truther now. Playoff <laughs> P got overblown so hardcore. That's another. That's a symptom of. See, it's even happening in Cleveland. That's a symptom of Clipper. By anti-Clipper bias that takes over this country, I'm telling you. Oh, no. Y'all don't think you hate the Clippers, but the people fear change, and they know the Clippers as the 1990s punching bag, even though we have not been that team in 14 years. P was a victim of a man trying to give himself a nickname. you got to hey. earn your nickname from everybody else. You can't go around being like, I'm playoff P. Because <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to take you seriously then, especially when you're throwing up like stinker after stinker every year. That was the problem. The man had to go out there and, and drop 30, you know? Then then people were like, you know what, this playoff P thing, maybe we should honor it. Nah, they, 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 they still shit on him. They they act like – here's the problem with the Clippers. When, when you have this – no other franchise is forced to win a championship like the Clippers is forced to win a championship. And it's sad because there are franchises that are older than the Clippers that do not have championships. I.e., the Denver Nuggets, the uh, Indiana Pacers, the Sacramento, Kansas City Kings. They don't have championship. They're older than us. There, there are teams out there that like. Why, why are, why are we the ones that if it's like, oh, oh, Clippers want to be good? Well, they got to win a championship. Why is our playoff appearances when we didn't used to make the playoffs? The, the conversation went to Clippers ain't making the playoffs, to Clippers ain't getting out of the first round, to Clippers ain't getting out of the second round, to Clippers not making the Western Conference Finals, to Clippers not making it to the – like, it's like it, they keep that's having the, to move that goalpost every year. That's the sensationalism of sports, man. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't do it to anybody else, the point being. They, they, they yeah. They, it, it, it's a, it's a, it, feels, it feels like a Clipper-only situation. Yeah. You feel like that when it's happening to you. But, yeah. like, right now, all I hear is, oh, the Deshaun Watson trade is a failure if the Browns don't ever win the Super Bowl with him. Uh, like, we went from, like, Baker Mayfield, oh, he's good if he just makes the playoffs because the Browns don't make the playoffs, to now, oh, it's all a failure if they don't win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they weren't going to win the Super Bowl with, with Baker either. No. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I was a huge Baker fan. Like, I wanted him going into that draft. And who did, after, who did they after take, the year, I was like, he's got something here. And then that second year, he just tanked. The whole the, the team was shit. Coaching was terrible. He didn't try. 
And then he, it was just like, he's just like this, up and down, up and down, up and down. He fucking he cock teases you with like one yeah. good like half. And then he comes out and he can't hit shit in the second half. Like last year we lost five games because he couldn't get shit done in the fourth quarter. And then I, I'm so tired of Skip Bayless. I, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready for Crip Keeper to fucking retire already. I can't take him anymore. Josh Allen. Uh, Josh, well, not Josh Rogan. Josh Rogan is not good. Josh Allen fell. And then our good buddy, my best good friend, picked that 32 by the Baltimore Ravens that same year. Brother Lamar Jackson. That's who y'all should have picked up. Should have drafted him first overall. I feel like I feel like deserve what? a championship. I feel like whoever, whoever we would have got, wouldn't they wouldn't have been what they were on within our organization. You know what I'm saying? It's a tough organization. Yeah, tough. it'd be on. They'd be having some some situations. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go here. Lamar Jackson ain't that good. The, bro, the right, Duke fellas, and Ron. It's been nice talking to you. Take it easy. Uh, I, the dude's so athletic; he's got a cannon, but that accuracy ain't what ain't what you want. That's I see Mark, about Mark Mark like six nine, and he's had to jump like twelve feet in the air to catch some of them throws. That's all I'm saying. They used to say that about uh, about Michael Vick too. It's a trend. It's a trend. <laughs> Maybe it's hard to be athletic when you run like a four one. Man, let me tell you something. You give me a calendar week seven days i'm taking lamar jackson over baker mayfield eight of those days <laughs> oh yeah with you three years ago but now yeah 100 percent. yeah big big baker uh oh hey good luck to you baker do well in uh in in, in uh carolina all right uh, uh aunt send me an emma the asshole let's run through it right quick emma the asshole for making a real life pokedex of girls at my university so freshman year of college, I began working on this project casually. I like to keep notes on women. I talk about their favorite things, activities that they enjoy, gifts, candy they like, sappy shit like that. I suck at remembering things like that, so I decided to keep a spreadsheet. Eventually, after getting a handful of entries, I offhandedly mentioned it to my friend group. One had the idea that I shared with them so we could all keep new entries as they caught different entries. So this expanded further. Right now, about 40 guys have access to it, and it's mainly the guys in my frat, and the women featured are girls from different sororities. We also added more information such as, like, where you should take them if you really want to impress them. We don't keep the information for any nefarious or scumbaggy reasons. Hmm. No, sir, we disagree. Just to keep us in the know what to do if we want to impress certain girls. Like, the original idea was just to keep information like favorite colors, so I didn't ever forget their favorite colors. Now it's helping a lot of guys. Somehow a girl who was on the list found out and she was pissed off. She was eventually able to trace it back to me. So I assume someone who was simping, simping for her. <laughs> My folks should have never been taught that word. I want y'all to know that shit. Snitched when, when the Pokedex wasn't making the girl, making the girl like him. So she's pissed off and she made it out to, to be a guy to hooking up with women. When it's most definitely not that. It's just make it. It's just to make impressing them on dates easier. That's it. She made a big deal of this, telling so many girls around campus, and now they're all saying that by the start of fall semester, none of them will be visiting our fraternity or going to our parties. Now all the guys are mad at me 
when I'm not even the one who told the girls the list about the list and they were all using the list. I also think it's unfair to say the list was all about sex when it wasn't at all. Am I the asshole? This shit sounds like something a college lacrosse team would do. I mean, oh, it, it, it sounds like to start a Facebook, honestly. Holy smokes. Uh, he added, And he added this. I'm not a stalker. There's no information in that that could have been used to hurt someone, only to have a better date. And it isn't about sex. I never used it for just sex. <laughs> You're right, Ted Bundy. Mm-hmm. Bruh. That's pretty wild. I don't know about uh, that one. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, I'm gonna go ahead and yeah, you're right. That is kind of what, I, what, what kind of the 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 story of Facebook was that he was they was raping chicks, right? That was what that was about. Yeah. So my man thinking he the next Zuckerberg, but he did get caught out there. I got this idea for this brand new thing <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that has been done already. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna call you the asshole. Uh, all of Reddit seems to agree, so I don't even. Have, oh, there we go. There we go. Got a glow in the dark comment. You know, if we find a glow in the dark comment, we got to read it. This is uh, from uh, Serdwin. Uh, I, I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name, so we're not going to attempt to. Okay, let me get. Let me see if I can explain this. Imagine you're a girl. Imagine talking to a guy, maybe going on a date or two or whatever, and he seems nice. You two get along and seem compatible. Then you find out that all those nice things he did was because he had access to a database of information about your likes and dislikes and other information. Not only yours, but a bunch of other women's info, too. And not only that, but loads of guys have access to this info. Now, as a girl, you are hyper aware of the danger of sexual assault, stalking, etc. Quite probably, you have a female friend and her family with traumatic experiences regarding this. One of the few ways you have to keep yourself safe is to share information about yourself wisely. And suddenly you realize that tons of guys, guys you don't know and who don't and do not trust, have had all this information about you to try to win you over. That is fucking terrifying. For what I hope are obvious reasons, there is plenty of other th- other things wrong with with this. You've basically set out a goddamn menu of women for men to pick over and choose from, describing it as a Pokedex. But hopefully, this might give you somewhere to start. You're the asshole. Delete the database immediately. Your convenience does not trump women's safety. Ta da! <laughs> Can't help but agree with that. Yeah. So. uh yeah, you're an asshole. Jesus Christ. What what are you what are you thinking here, man? Ah, good lord. All right. Uh in the realm of entertainment this week, gentlemen, I uh am I'm caught up on Miss Marvel. I finished Nick Hornby's A Long Way Down and once again went through Nick Hornby's uh, High Fidelity because it is my favorite book. And uh well, one of my favorite books. And uh it was good to uh to uh hear it one time. I listen to, I listened to it uh, this time. I mean, it's good to listen to it again. It's a really well-read book. It's also one of my favorite movies, as y'all know. I fuck with High Fidelity. It was good to listen to it. And I beat uh, Assassin's Creed Origins. So I actually got, I actually finished that game off, which was not my intention when I started it, but there you go. It was free on Game Pass, and it was a good time to be had. What y'all watch this week? Or play, or read, or do anything? Uh, I inadvertently partook in the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. <laughs> um, I have I have not watched Miss Marvel. I, if we weren't doing this at this very moment, I would currently be watching Miss Marvel and the Boys. Yeah. Okay. So I put that on the back burner. Uh, other than that, all I did really was watch AEW. Okay. Okay. Um, very good. 
I I I started watching the shy. I'm hate watching that this season. Um because it seemed like they dig themselves into a hole after they like write off or kill off one of the people that's on the show. And then the first three episodes is like, yeah, let me explain why this person quit the show. And um but I still watch it. I've watched every season so far. Um I've been watching Luke. Um what else? Um, I finished. Um, I look before I, f- I forget. I did actually watch one thing, and it actually ties into something Carl said, like way back at the beginning of the show. I watched a CBS show that had a black man as the lead, and that show is evil. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> that show. I don't know that work. So it's got Luke Cage as the as the lead. Oh yeah, I want to watch that. It's on the Paramount Plus. I gave you access to baby. I'm on the last episode of season two right now, and then there's like season three is currently airing, and I think like four episodes are up on Paramount Plus right now. I, I've been uh, wanting to watch that. I, I have to get out of watch because um, I'm pretty much out of stuff like to watch. I've um, I can start P Valley. Um, I watched like one episode of that, but my kids are home during the day now, so you know, <laughs> uh, watching P Valley. <laughs> Ain't uh ain't really gonna be working out, right? Um, you know, even though that show is highly entertaining. Yeah, there's uh, some stuff that they like do in the second season that I'm like, wow, like a network show went there. Cool, okay. Fair enough. And um, I watched. Oh, my bad. No, go ahead, Carl. I've been reading the book "Music Is History." We're listening to it uh, by Questlove, which is okay. Good. Check it out. Also. I've been watching. There's a series that they have on the SB Nation secret base channel called Dorktown, and I watched a whole history, like hour episode each, like seven part hour episodes each of the history of the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, and uh, it's super interesting. I hope they do it for almost every team. The teams that I, the teams that, I mean, I don't like the Falcons. That's our biggest rival, but I respect the Falcons because they have sucked for years too, just like the Saints have. I have to root uh, against the Falcons because one of my friends is a Falcons fan, mm. and uh, <laughs> you know we we don't want him to be happy. Watch that duck. They don't. They aren't happy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of that, did you watch the um, the HBO show about the uh, about the Showtime Lakers? Carl, I, I caught the first three, and then I kind of it, it kind of uh, lost me after that point. Oh, okay. out on it. Yeah, yeah. It's well, just it's but, just so fan. It's just so fan. Fantastical, you know, like I w- I'd rather watch the documentaries on it, you know, the Magic Doc on on Showtime stuff like that. I'd rather watch those. I'm a huge yeah. fan of like the histories of these teams and stuff like that. There, there's a lot of cool sports docs put on online that I think like NFL Throwback Channel has a, some really good stuff. Uh, I watch a, a lot of that stuff, a lot of the histories of these teams, see how they operate it, you know. Yeah, I used to um, love watching thirty for thirties. Like um, they're the best. Like, I'm watching I, the women's one right now. Okay, the uh, the women's go the women's uh, USA team ninety six. The World Cup right or the basketball? Basketball. Okay, okay. What's that team? Anyway, well, okay, thirty for thirty. Very good. Okay, good. Everybody has been entertained this week. Good job, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and I'm still playing. Um, like I picked back on playing the Corey again. Uh, okay. I'm playing MLB the show. Okay. Like how how hard you go at it? Like is you like you know 
whole season sim and shit and all that good stuff? Uh, I I play. I well, I'm in the minors now, so I'm trying to keep my numbers up so I can get bumped up so I can get moved okay. up to the team. I'm also trying to get traded because I play for Boston right now. Uh, <laughs> they, they draft, but I, that's one thing that I do love about this game is that you have the option to pick your own team, but they also give you the option to just be put on a team. And I'd much rather just be put on a team than pick my own team. I think that's the worst thing to happen to storyline games over the past, like, 10 years is, like, Madden and NBA just go, what team you want to play for? Like, I'd rather – is it? Are you, like, living in a house with 12 other players eating grilled cheese sandwiches? We never see that. But you are slumming it in in towns. They show you on the bus and – you're trying to get moved up. And then at the end of those seasons, you can have like a really great season. Like my last guy on 21, I'm playing 22 now. My last guy on 21, I was in the, I was in double A for three years trying to do a two way like, like Otani. I was in double A for three years, moved up to triple A, uh, played a whole season triple A, hit like 340, like had like a great batting average, great pitching average, everything. They moved me back down to double A for another season. Then from double A, I went straight to the big show. And then I played two seasons on the main team and they got knocked back down to triple A. Like, so it's like real realistic. You really be feeling like, man, damn, like getting traded, contract not getting picked up, everything. It's really, it's really dope. It's a great game. I don't think I want to get played out like that. Like, you ain't going to be treating me off. <laughs> that's, what, that's the fun about it, though. You don't get to choose. Like, in the other games, you get to do everything you want to do. Mm-hmm. And Madden, you can do everything you want to do, you know. I ain't, I, I, I promise you, when 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 John when when EA bought the NFL contract and didn't let 2K make football games no more, I said I would never buy another Madden game, and I promise you, I have not <laughs> kept that word. So that's what's up. But you know what it is. Please rate, review, subscribe, and share the show wherever possible. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Probably gonna post this one up over there. Uh, subscribe to our Twitch channel and uh, follow us over Twitter at Skimpod, S-K-I-M-P-O-D. If you want to support the show financially and have a few bucks to start our way, you can join us over on Patreon. We're members at the file and above tier. Get extra content each month. I just I put up a, a We Tried yesterday. Did I put that We Tried up? I put that We Tried up yesterday from the time we're recording this. And uh, early access to new shows. You also have merch available over at tpublic.com slash user slash stay scratch your milk, all one word. And feel free to give us a call at 216-264-6311. That's 216-264- 6311, we certainly love to hear from you. And this week, we did hear from somebody. So let me pull that up so I can play it for you guys. Give me a second. We can see those two um, pig heads again. Sure. System audio, if it's too loud. Oh, it's that, it's that, that's that uh, Alchemist album, Haram. Uh, Armor Hammer and, uh, and the Alchemist. So my apologies. That's just what that is about. All right. Share. I love it. It's okay. And play. Uh, long time no talk. Uh, I'm a little late on the whole ninth anniversary thing, so instead of going to go ahead and wish you a happy early 10th. Nice. Congratulations on a decade. Can we please get to 20? I didn't think I'd be calling about squirrels. Uh, I have experience with squirrels. I don't know if you guys, but go ahead. I don't know if you've ever seen a squirrel eat a bird. Craziest thing I've ever, I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm walking the campus, minding my own business. I just turn, turn to my right, and there's a squirrel sitting on the bench eating a robin, almost like he'd eat a hoagie. You know, the two paws, it was, it was quite disturbing. <laughs> Oddly enough, I just read about it, didn't know this existed, just read about it a few hours before on Crack.com. 
So that's a quick turnaround. Uh, my mother loves to tell this story. She was a girl. Had a bad kid in the neighborhood who would throw, who threw rocks at a squirrel one day up in a tree. Um, he was successful. He got the squirrel, killed it. It fell out of the, fell out of the tree into the, into the yard. Next thing you know, it's a scene out of the red balloon. Every squirrel in the neighborhood, and probably some far neighborhoods near and far, came running out of trees, out of the grass, and just came converging on this spot. Needless to say, it freaked all the kids out. Like the bad kid, I think, ran back to his porch, did not leave for, for quite some time. The squirrels just kind of stood there around the body of their fallen comrade, chirping, whatever sound they make. Chittering. Never seen anything like that. It probably freaked me out, too. Kid was probably never never heard from again. Um, but, you know, who knew squirrels were that fascinating? Uh, but that's it. Uh, again, happy anniversary, and uh, can't wait for the next one. All right. Thank you. Hello, guys. That was great. All right. Uh, there we go. I'm about to say, did I stop it? Well, thank, thank, thank you for the for, for uh, the support, the voice moment, showing us love. Uh, happy, thank you for you know giving us a happy anniversary shout out. That might have been the Squirrel King that that y'all y'all dude murdered, and they came to mourn their king. That's a sad situation. <laughs> it's weird that your mama lived that. It's weird you saw a squirrel eat a, eat a bird. That's also weird. All these I things are strange. First, that squirrel that, crowd was because like growing up, all I saw was brown, and then as time's gone, I've seen red, black. Like, was it the nation of squirrels just coming together? <laughs> Nation of Squirrels might be a show title. <laughs> so thank you for that, Daniel. <laughs> it takes a hundred, a hundred thousand squirrels. So hold us back, uh, Carl. Man, thank you so very much for coming through, man. I, I, uh, that's me getting on my own damn self and just reaching out. Like Carl Ben said he would come and do the show, and that's me worrying that I'm bothering people, and I am trying my best to get over that fucking hump. And uh, so thank you so very much for, for putting the time aside for us and jumping on with us, man. Nah, it's a pleasure to have you. It's the homie. I know we are not, you know, I know it is a lot of parasocial shit, but like I said, I really consider you a good friend. Uh, I, like I said, I talk about you all the time. I'm super proud of all that you have done, all you keep succeeding at. Y'all should really be fucking around watching Grand Crew. Uh, it's on Hulu and Peacock. Go watch all that and enjoy every bit of it because it's a great show and I really love it. Anything you want to share with everybody and anybody? Yeah, man. I just want to say thank y'all for having me on. Thank y'all for your support. Y'all have been there from the beginning man engaging and stuff like that and it, it don't be too many it don't be too many of us engaging with my work and i do want my people to like what i do you know what i mean <laughs> and so i is is no offense to you my brother uh <laughs> what you said about lamar jackson full offense but i um i these guys when i met them in, in cleveland i was like oh hell yeah like, because <laughs> it, it, it was starting to feel like w- between the Twitter replies I was getting and Instagram DMs I was getting, it was starting to feel like, man, black people don't know I exist. And I I feel like I'm pretty good at this. <laughs> so it's like, I, I, I'm glad that I make y'all proud, man. I, and I appreciate that. And I appreciate y'all support. So thanks so much for having me on. And uh, yeah, man, yeah. thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you for being so generous with your time. Like, um, you know, we've been doing this for... Like, for for a long long time and like the fact that like if you don't know this guy's work just just like off podcast alone go to stitcher and just put in carl tar carl is the king of podcasts like he <laughs> is like little wayne in the early 2000s where uh were hopping on the beat and, and murdering it 
Um, <laughs> I appreciate that. Like all, always highly entertaining, always like fully engaged, and it doesn't matter what subject it is. You're always a professional at it. So I appreciate you blessing us with with your time, and I really appreciate it. Thanks, I think man. I think Carl's a perfect example of take the time to learn the people who create the art that you appreciate. Because I was telling some of my friends that we were interviewing them tonight and they're like, Oh, I don't know who that is. And then I started naming off stuff that he's done. They're like, Oh, I, I love that show. Or I, I fuck with that. Or I listen to that. And yeah. fully unaware of like, it's like, appreciate the artist, man. <laughs> I got, I got to give a quick shout out to the homie Amber. I told Amber, I was, we were going to have you on the show. And she's like, I love him on comedy. Bang, bang. I was like, it was unexpected. I got to say, another black woman. So, you know what I'm saying? Another black person looking out for you, baby. Don't worry about yeah, it. I appreciate so, it. That, 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 that's extra dope. I didn't get to go to see, see Carl in Boston. Full, full. I had bought tickets to go see Doughboys. Me and Aunt was going to go to Boston and see Doughboys. Then the show got pushed back. And because the show got pushed back, it fell on the sun, the night of my son's uh, senior prom. And I, I'm a dad. Got to, I had to be on that. So, But Aunt yeah, did get to go and, yeah, and rep in the crowd. So... I did went. you set him up? Did you get in that Dodge Charger for the night? <laughs> no, but I did. I did. I did. Like I have. I have a relatively nice, uh, you know, uh, Honda. You know, Civic. Uh-huh. You know, what I'm saying it's, it's lovely, yeah. it's, and it's only like uh, it's only a little over a year old. So I was like, all right, let's get it. Let's get it all dipped out. Get it fresh. Get, you know, get you extra clean, and, and you'll go. My son now drives a 1997, maybe a 99 mm. BMW 325i that he bought with his own money. Okay. He drive a nicer car than I drive. <laughs> you know what I'm so that's what's, that's what's up with my my, my my child as he is out on the show now. Today, his six-month anniversary with his lady. We was going to the beach as a family today. I'm, I tell my son, hey, we going to the beach. He's like, I can't. I'm going to the aquarium with my lady. It's our six-month anniversary. I'm like, that, that's incredible. Fair enough, son. You you win. <laughs> so, is he, no is he doing a college thing? Yeah, yeah, he he was going to go to a school in uh in Lima, Ohio, but he decided he was going to just try to stay local. So he's going to go to the uh, auto the automotive program. I know I, I talked to Carl about uh, uh, the Central was a Wilberforce. We was talking about. I went to Wilberforce, but Central's right there. Yeah, yeah. Water so, Street. Yeah, so we we I actually talked to Carl about that uh, a while back, and uh, he he going to stay local. He's going to go to do the. Uh, my son uh, fixes cars. That's what that's what his jam is. So he wants to do the automotive automotive program at our at our local community college. And I'm like, that's fine, man. Whatever you want to do, I just want you to get to it. And I want you to knock it out, man. So that is the plan. And uh, may he may he pull it successfully off. <laughs> that's so, what's up, man. That's what's exactly, up. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that is Tatum two one six. Yeah. Good night. See you next Thursday. That's lunch two, that Lunchbox 2099. How'd I stumble over that, Dan? I'm sorry. <laughs> it's only been like 10 years of this. Uh, it, it, it's all good. It's Carl, it's Carl Tart the second. Put some respect <laughs> on his name. Yeah. <laughs> I am the internet's Taylor 713. You've just been podcasting. I know you loved it. We'll catch you next time. Peace. This Carl makes better hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> I love how I do. It's beautiful.